Welcome, everyone, to a very special edition of the Barroom Network uh, programming for the, Chicago, for the Chicago Bears. Uh, we got a blockbuster trade that has left me tongue-tied. And uh, to evaluate the trade, we've got a lot of Barroom Network uh, show hosts. And let me begin with Danny Shimon, our senior draft analyst with uh, the Barroom here. Danny, what do you think about the trade? Well, although it's, it's it's funny that the Bears dropped a big bomb here on Friday Friday evening for us to to go ahead and, and talk about this this trade, but yeah, I mean, initial initial uh, reaction I was telling some of the guys is uh, I was a little underwhelmed. Uh, you know, uh, I I expected a, a little bit more in terms of a return. Now, and I know you know Ryan Poles is out there talking about getting you know two first round you know first round picks in next year and in the following year's draft. I think that was him just kind of trying to build up some of the uh, other teams and trying to you know get some more competition for the for the first overall pick. So. The first thing he tells me is that this is the best deal he could got he could have gotten. Uh, in terms of why I'm a little you know, underwhelmed, uh, you know, like just taking a look at it. Obviously, you know, I, I love the the first round pick next year. You know, that's probably going to be, I'm hoping in the top ten because you know you figure Carolina's going to draft a quarterback, start him, and they're going to go through some of those you know growing pains. You would think. Um, and in, and in terms of the so I guess what bothers me was is you know they only got one first round pick. If you don't if you don't I'm not including the, the nine. Pick this year. I'm clearing about you know future first round picks. Only got one future first round pick. Well, DJ Moore is a nice receiver. I never thought of him as a number one receiver. Now, I know he put up stats in, in Carolina with some shoddy quarterback play over the years, but you know he's not a touchdown producing receiver. You know I, I think the most he had was this past season with seven. Prior to that, he had four. You know a couple couple different times. So he's not a touchdown guy. Uh, hopefully that that changes with with Justin Fields and with, with this Bears offense. But again, you're not getting, in my opinion, a guy that I saw as a number one true clear cut number one receiver. Uh, I, I was hoping if you made a trade with with Carolina and moved down, the player you get back in return was a guy like Brian Burns, you know, the, the edge rusher, the guy who made back to back Pro Bowls. You know, that that's what I was expecting. You know, maybe my expectations were a little bit you know unrealistic. You know, but and the other thing was about this trade is. They got the their second, the lowest of their second round picks, the 61st pick, which they got, which Carolina got from the 49ers in the Christian McCaffrey trade. They didn't get the the, the Carolina pick, which is 39th. Now, I'm, that's what I assumed that they were gonna, the Bears were gonna try and get is recoup that pick in that top 30 area, with, which they gave up, you know, their second round pick for for Claypool. So that's another piece of the the trade that disappoints me was why not get the higher of the second round picks this year, and then instead of getting a 2025 second round pick. Once you get a 2024 second round pick, because that's one again, you expect Carolina next year to have a, a struggling season or, or you know, a, a below uh, 500 season where you kind of have some of these picks that are going to be higher up, you know. So those are the things that, that really kind of took me off. Now, obviously, it all depends on who, who, what you do with these picks and how you, how you, you know, go ahead and maneuver and who you select, how it all turns out. But th there's no doubt DJ Moore was you're not going to find anybody better than DJ Moore in free agency. Um, you know, in terms of the draft, you know, that's that's to be determined. But again, I, I just thought that the Bears could have probably done a little bit better in, the, in this trade. But I know I'm probably in the minority uh, in, in terms of, you know, the reaction to the trade. So uh, now the, what matters now is you have another receiver for for Justin Fields. Now you have to go use these picks. Do not trade these picks. Brian Poles, do not trade these picks. Use these picks to go ahead and build uh, this this roster around Justin Fields. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he uh, traded lower than the nine overall pick. He'd have to be wild, uh, so we'll see. Uh, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport broke the news. It was Schefter that broke the details of the trade. This was his tweet. 
the pick number nine, the pick number 61 coming to the Bears along with the first round pick in 2024, the second round pick in 2025, just as Danny mentioned, along with wide receiver DJ Moore and then Courtney Cronin shortly thereafter updated the 2023 draft selections. So this season we are drafting at nine and 53. That's the Ravens pick that uh, was acquired in that trade, the 61 pick, the 64 pick. So you got four picks in the first 64 picks, the 103rd, 133rd. Those are two fourth rounders. In the fifth round, the 136, 148th. And then in the seventh round, 218. And then that comp pick, the almost Mr. Irrelevant pick, number two. 58. Danny, I want to uh, have you evaluate the play of DJ Moore. I've got some uh, highlights here for you to talk over. Uh, he has, let me first put up his, his stats over the last few seasons. He had uh, a fairly good uh, rookie season, 788 yards on 55 catches, two touchdowns, and then he had three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, 1175, 1193, 1157. Each of those seasons, though, he had just four touchdowns. And then last season, there was a drop-off, 888 yards receiving on 63 catches. But he did have seven touchdowns. Tell me what you know about DJ Moore. I know you liked him coming out of college. Uh, what ha What can you tell us about him? Yeah, in terms of when he came out of Maryland, I mean, he, he was he was a kid that that really showed the potential in terms of the skill set, the speed, the the jumping. But I think he, he jumped jumped a forty uh, inch vertical at the combine. He's you know six feet, two hundred ten pounds. He's a solid receiver. Um, and, and again, he, he's, got, he's got that explosive trait about him. I think he ran a four four two, if I'm not mistaken, at coming out of the combine. Uh, so he he's got that that deep end speed. Yeah, but but again, talking talking about some of the production, he's that you know. He, Definitely put up some numbers. You showed him there. But again, the touchdown production, other than this past season where he had seven, it's really been two and four and something like that. So, you know, that, that's the thing is like, I want to see him take that next level up. And again, to his credit, he put up stats with shoddy quarterback play at Carolina. So hopefully, you know, uh, Justin Fields here with, with now with Darnell Mooney, with, you know, Chase Claypool. Uh, you've definitely improved the the receiver room here with, with, with the Bears. And they're not done yet. I, I still feel like they're going to draft a receiver in, in this in this draft, upcoming draft. Not probably not in the first two rounds is my guess, uh, but we'll see how that breaks out. So definitely an improving improving uh, draft room here. I'm sorry, receiver room here. But uh, again, you know, is he going to take the next step up to be a quote unquote number one? I, I think a lot of people kind of correlate his stats with the you know the, the three straight you know thousand yard season and assume he's a number one receiver. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But I, I just I just think there's another step to his game. They just elevate in order to be considered a true number one receiver. And one of those things I want to see is him produce more touchdowns, hopefully for the Chicago Bears. Indeed. Now, given that they're moving to number nine, uh, you're obvious in, in Nomad, and you talked about this just before we went live, uh, your top player was Tyree Wilson. It looks like he will be out of reach unless the Bears trade back up to try to land him. But uh, at number nine, what are you expecting will be available for the Bears based on their needs. And that, of course, right. is offensive and defensive lines. Right. And, and I think they're going to expect the Bears to go heavy in both free agency and the draft in both offense and defensive line. And, and I think at number nine, uh, yeah, my guy, Tyre Wilson, most likely is, is going to be gone. Uh, but, you know, there, there's a, a one player that could drop, and that's that's Jalen Carter, you know, and, and depending on, on what happens in terms of his legal case and, and all the stuff that came out here with, with, the, uh, with the car accident, you know, if he drops to number nine, if the Bears – 
feel comfortable in terms of there's no other things coming out. And I'm, trust me, every single NFL team now is digging into his, his background and seeing what happened here with this with this case. If they feel comfortable that he's not going to see any more legal action or anything like that, or there's nothing else coming out. And if he's there at number nine, I think you got to pounce on him. If you take you can take a player like, like you were considering at number one overall, number nine, that's a huge, you know, huge get right there. But assuming he goes earlier in that, that both Carter and, and Tyree Wilson are gone, then you got to look at offensive line. And again, now we have to see what happens in free agency. Are they going to sign a right tackle in free agency? Obviously, if that happens now, you kind of kind of pivot off of that. But at number nine, I'm looking at Broderick Jones, a tackle from Georgia. I'm looking at Paris Johnson, that the tackle from Ohio State. And even Peter Skaronsa, I, I know he's not a, a tackle. He's probably going to play guard. But you, you, you put him in there next to a left guard. You know, and I know Whitehair's there right now. But if you trade Whitehair, you release some cap money, whatever you, you can save there. If you can secure your your left side of your offensive line, and guards aren't sexy, no one's gonna jump up and down for a guard. But you know, if, if you solidify your left side of your offensive line, that's a huge get there as well. So that's what I'm looking at. If if Carter and Wilson are gone, um, you know, it's kind of probably gonna be one of the three in terms of you know Broderick Jones, uh, Paris John, uh, Paris Johnson, or um, Peter Skaronski from uh, from Northwestern are probably gonna be in that order. Cool and solidify your offensive line again, assuming they don't sign a right tackle in, in free agency. Though, another thing to keep, keep in mind, guys, is one of these quarterbacks drops down, whether it's a Bryce Young or Will Levis. You know, there could be a team like, say, Washington at 16 might say, You're right, come knocking on the Bears' door, say, You know what, you know, you know, we want to move up there at number nine. So, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Bears drop down even further down. Um, you know, again, depending on what's available on the board, what Washington or another team that want, wants to trade up for that quarterback is willing to give up. You know, so there's always that outside chance that they still could go down one more time, but most likely they're probably going to stick at number nine and, and probably take the best player available. And I think at this at this point, if the draft goes the way I think it's going to go, it's probably going to be an offensive lineman. Yeah, Danny, you know, you and I uh, and Neil Stopchinski talked about this on Draft on Tap last night. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of Mike McGlinchkey. I think he is a good right tackle. He's a scheme fit, but I just see him on the ground way too often. He's not a great pass protector. Um, he is good at run blocking, but at 28, he's, he seems to be playing more like a 32, 33-year-old. So I'm not real yeah. high on any, really, of the right tackles available in this draft, in this free agency class. So I wonder if the Bears are really going to focus on the defensive linemen that are available and then reach for that offensive lineman like a Paris Johnson, probably my favorite offensive lineman in this draft. Uh, what do you think about the Bears focusing on defensive line come uh, free agency, which starts in less than a week from now? Yeah, I mean, that would be ideal. That would be great. I mean, you know, Draymond Jones from Denver is, is a target of mine. Uh, I would like Javon Hargrave from Philadelphia as well, but he's 30 years old. I'm not sure how if that fits in the t the, the the timeline that Ryan Poles has for this Bears because you know by the time the Bears are contenders, is, you know, is Hargrave going to be 32, 33 years old? How old is he? How uh, you know how productive is he going to be? But I would love to, if they go and they double dip there and they get Draymond Jones and they get Hargrave for example, and again I, I really want to see them get and and this is something that I think I might be in the minority here, but it's, it's C.J. Gardner Johnson. The, the safety slash nickel corner from, from the Eagles. I would love to bring that type of tenacity, that type of attitude onto this Bears defense. And you could that guy is a, is a Swiss Army knife. You could line him up to cover a slot corner, as a slot corner to cover a receiver. You can cover tight ends in the slot. You can play some safety. A lot of times last year the Bears, you know, played a nickel defense. And, and a lot of times we saw, you know, DeAndre Houston Carson, who I love as well. But, you know, you're going to be able to upgrade here 
uh, in that position where we saw DHC out there with with Eddie Jackson with a Brisker. You you flip him off now. I put in you put in Garner Johnson. That's going to improve your secondary even more. You know, a young and improving secondary. So, but again, all starts up front for me. You got to go out. You got to get a Draymond Jones from Denver. You got to get a Hargrave if you're going to put your resources right now initially going in. Uh, to go ahead and at the defensive line. Those are the names that, that you look at. And then CJ Garner Johnson is another game to look at. I was looking at uh, DJ Shark as a receiver, but I but with the addition of DJ Moore, I, th- I think that's less of a priority now. I think you have another speed guy here. You know, I, you know, I, I was told that the Bears were looking for another receiver. This is prior to the trade, but they wanted they didn't want a big guy necessarily. You could, they, they felt like they got their big guys with the clay pools, with uh, you know St. Brown. They wanted a guy like kind of in the Darnell Mooney mode where he can create separation with quickness and speed, and, and DJ Moore fits that bill right there. So they fulfilled that need right there. They're probably going to draft another receiver. I'm saying my third, fourth round, see how this how the thing falls out. But uh, in terms of big money, I think I think they're done a receiver for right now. All right, let me start to bring in some of our other barroom uh, show hosts. I'm going to start with Dan Aguirre here. Dan, are you there? Yes, sir. Oh, I'm so happy to hear your beautiful voice, Dan. Listen, Dan, I looked at the previous uh, drafts for the Chicago Bears. I think five out of the last six, they either traded away. They're, uh, oh, thank you very much, Nada Zip Zilt Show. Uh, he, uh, uh, tipped us five dollars. Loss of DJ Moore could give the Bears the number one pick next year. We will see. We will see. Well, it's not next year's pick, though, right? The yes, it is. I'm sorry. The first but, round pick is for next year. Yes, it's a, the right. second round pick. It's in 2025. That, that's right. I'm sorry, but then I wanted to uh, have you go back into your memory banks. The Bears have been dealing their number one draft pick for several years now. It seems like every draft, they're either moving up a little bit, like with the Mitchell Trubisky trade, or they're dealing it completely away. What say you about this and how it continues the history of the number one pick being a such a marketable item for the Bears? It, it does feel good, though, to think that, oh, man, we're the one with two first-round picks next year. Normally, it's like, well, we've got a trade – our first round pick to move up to get Justin or the Khalil Mack thing, or like you said, Mitchell Trubisky. And we're the team that's going to have two first round picks next year. One thing I wanted to comment on that Danny said that not to steal or plagiarize what uh, his thought, because honestly it was the only criticism that I had of the trade to internally was that, man, that second round pick, why didn't they get the higher one? So I completely concur with his uh, his thought on that. What was it, 39 versus 61? Yep, they got 39 with the Carolina pick. They got the 61st pick, which Carolina got from San Francisco in the Christian McCaffrey trade. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't remember the exact you know pick that they would have gotten, but I knew that I was like, man, they could have gotten the Panthers' second-round pick versus the McCaffrey one. So, But all in all, I mean, as, as a Bears fan, as you know, if you listen to, to anything I say on here, the, the strongest thing to take away from me is that, A, we we got another pick, but I'm so happy that this solidifies that Justin Fields is not going to be moved because if they were going to trade Fields, they would have stayed up higher and, and drafted another quarterback, in my opinion. Well, it's interesting. I think, you know, as people in the chat have been saying about the value of DJ Moore, uh, this tweet from Mike K, who covers the Panthers for Carolina, he has outstanding resources within the Carolina Panthers organization. And uh, he tweeted out that the Bears made wide receiver DJ Moore a must in the trade discussions with the uh, with the Panthers. They were adamant that he be included in the deal. And perhaps that is why 
you know, it's a lower uh, second round pick as opposed that, that's to. That's a great point. That's a yeah. great point. Actually, you I, know, I read, I'm sorry to interrupt. I had read that the, uh, Carolina was offering a 2025 first round pick, but Ryan Poles insisted on DJ Moore instead of that. You all may recall. I'm sorry, step on you. I don't recall whom uh, actually tweeted this, but it was midway through last season when the Bears were still technically in it and they were losing close games. Someone reported last year that the Bears were interested in DJ Moore in in the 2022 season. We I think we talked about at the time, and that ended up being Chase Claypool that we made the trade for. But there were reports at the time that the Bears were interested in DJ Moore in the middle of last season. So I'm not surprised by this. I'm not either. And, you know, and uh, I, I don't know if there's a bigger Bear fan uh, of Justin Fields uh, than Dan Aguirre. Uh, and I, I think that this trade, as some people in <laughs> Danny Shimon is probably tied with you. <laughs> I think that this trade uh, illustrates that the Bears have either total confidence in Justin Fields and are all in or are saying this is the year we're going to give him all the resources he needs. Now he's got three quality wide receivers in Claypool, Mooney, and more, and we're going to build up this offensive line and get him a stud running back so that this offense should be ready to go and it should not be the uh, worst passing offense in the National Football League. Anyone disagree or want to comment on that? Um, I, I, I agree. I, I think they 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 are they believe in Justin Fields, but they also gave themselves a little bit of an out with with next year's uh, two first round picks next year. Because I said I told you next year's draft is going to have two you know projected two quarterbacks that are that are going to be everyone's going to be chomping at the bit to get at, and that's Drake May from North Carolina and then obviously Caleb Williams from USC. So with two first round picks, a second round pick in twenty twenty five, you know, polls if he wants to, he's got ammunition to move up if he needs to. To, to get to get a quarterback if, if he wants to you know go ahead and, and kind of double down and, and just kind of give himself some some leeway there in case Justin you know doesn't pan out of course that's not the expectation here you know my hope is that they use those picks to get Marvin Harrison Jr. and give him another true big number one receiver from Iowa State for next year's draft but that we'll see how that plays out. Cheers to Hugh Heavens with the nice uh, $10 tip. Truly appreciate it, Hugh. You've been a long time supporter at the barroom. Really appreciate uh, the 10 bucks. I, uh, I'm i going to be uh, taking care of my arm <laughs> and my fix uh, later on. Uh, great job. Um, let me bring in uh, Mr. Nomad. Nomad, how are you, my friend? Whoa. That's all I can say is whoa. <laughs> I'm a, I, do, I got a chance to doze off for a couple of minutes today. Next uh-huh. thing you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm dreaming. I feel like, damn, earth is moving under me. I'm like, what in the hell? Am I in California in my dream? I'm having a weird dream. But then I snapped out of it. I was like, there's no dishes breaking, no glasses broken, none of that. And I looked at Twitter, and it happened. And I was just like, it took me a minute for it to really sit sink in of what it actually was it's kind of foggy but once i really focused on it and thought about what they got out of the deal man i'm thrilled with it because it it means a couple of things it means that they covered it pushing the chips into the middle of the table for uh for justin fields making sure that he got a weapon out of this situation for sure they got that in dj moore who if anybody wants to argue and wrestle with me about if he be the number one receiver on the board in the draft right now, we can do that. But I think he's better than everybody in the draft right now. So to me, they got two top 10 picks right now. Also, the value of that uh, that number one pick next year 
with the rookie quarterback and you just took the number one player off the team, the number one receiver, you know, it's going to be pretty high. So overall, I think it was, it was a great move. It was brilliant that they got it done now so that they can lock up some of those, which I assume are going to be trench moves in free agency. And I think we're going to have a heavy, heavy defensive draft. Hey, does anybody know how many more years DJ has on his current contract? Three years. Three years and fifty million, I believe, is is what he has. Yeah, I think he's, he signed an extension, obviously. So he's got he's got three years. I, I believe it's averaging about seventeen and a half million a year. So obviously that knocks down now what the Bears have available in free agency. I believe it's, it went from ninety something down to seventy five million, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. That is a, a great question. So it, he is locked up. Hopefully Claypool has a big season and then they'll extend him. And the same thing with Mooney. Those guys might be battling each other for the big time extension that they both would love to see. Do you see that as a problem at all, uh, Dan Aguirre, that you got two wide receivers who are coming up for contracts next season? In past history, for some reason, the Bears, like they had Graham and Conway both come up at the same time. And they they dis- decided to let Graham walk, but on the other side of the ball, at the time, Nathan Vasher and Charles Tillman were both due at the same time, and they resigned both of them. So hopefully, if both guys are in the contract, they'll keep them together because you want that continuity for Justin and to continue building that. If you don't mind me shifting just a second, no. you were mentioning Mike McGlinchey before I came on with Danny. I apologize for the ambiguous. Um, a reference here, but I know I saw earlier in the week that McGlinchey told a radio show somewhere that he was basically already locked in to leaving San Francisco and that that deal was coming into fruition as soon as free agency was beginning. So, I mean, that sounds like tampering, but you know, whatever, yep. but it, it could be the bears then. Yeah, it, it could, could be very well. Yeah, it could be. I hope you're, I hope it's not. Uh, I, I'm like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a huge McGlinchey fan. I, I, I like him coming out of Notre Dame, but he tro- he tore his tricep. I want to say two years ago, and he just hasn't been the same player since then. And uh, and just you know, and, and he's 28. Looks like he's going on 35. Uh, I, I think his body's been beat up over the years. I just don't think he's he's really an upgrade, to be honest with you, over over a guy like Riley Reef. I mean, Riley Reef, when he got in there, I know he's old, I know he's not great. But when he got in there last year, he, he solidified right tackle for us. And I, I think, you know, McGlinchey is, is just a big name, but he's not really a guy that was going to come in here and is going to solidify right tackle for the next five five seasons. I'm, I'm like, all right, Justin Fields is good now at right tackle. No, so I, I'd rather take my shot at one of these young guys in the draft. You, you have you have bookend tackles with, with Braxton Jones and left tackle, and then whoever you pick at number nine, presumably. You have, you know, you, you have your tackles hopefully solidified. You have, you know, uh, a right guard in Tevin Jenkins. Center is a big need for me, guys. And, and I've, I've been on draft on tap. I've been saying over and over again, center is a position that I've been scouting heavily in this draft. Hopefully they, they, they feel the same way. They can bring in someone here to kind of, um, you know, uh, either, either a young guy or, or someone, you know, coming off his rookie contract that they can feel could be, a, a, you know, a, the replacement there, a, a permanent solution there at center. And a left guy, we talked about white hair. White hair is just a guy right now for me. He's not – He's not horrible, but he's not great. He's making good money. Uh, I think I think you, if you cut him, it, I, I want to say it's like an eight or nine million dollar hit on the cap. Uh, so you know he's still serviceable. Maybe you trade him. Maybe, maybe you you if you get a Skoronsky from Northwestern, you plug him in at left left guard. You can trade Whitehair. You might get a six round pick or something like that for him. But you know you know we'll see. But you know the Bears currently have have, have uh, you know 10, 10 picks. I, I assume they're gonna probably end up with twelve or thirteen. I just the way. Ryan Poles does it. He probably trade on a couple of times, but uh, another thing was, you know, they had three picks in the top 100 coming in before this trade. 
and I and I was anticipating they were going to have like five or six. I was hoping they would have five or six after the trade, and yet they only have one extra pick in the top 100, which is yeah. another thing why I'm disappointed in this in this in this uh, somewhat disappointed in this in this trade. Uh, I'm not totally poo pooing the trade. I just I just mm, there just leaves me wanting more, and I, I wanted a couple more picks, maybe one or two more in the top 100 to kind of solidify your your all the positions of need that you have. Aldo, can I ask you one question? I'm sorry. Sure, please. No, no, go ahead. This is shifting a little bit, but I wanted everyone, you know, Nomad, anyone else wants to comment on it because this, the guy that really wants to come back here, I'm not saying that we should, but a guy that really wants to come back here is Robbie Gold. And he's a free agent again. He still lives in Chicago. He's doing radio hits already in Chicago uh, for ESPN. He's going to be there. Cutler's going to be there. Anyway. What do you think? We got this money. I mean, you got Cairo Santos is like, nah, I don't, really don't want to try that field goal. It's a little windy versus <laughs> a guy that thinks he can always make it, whether he does or not is a different thing. But Rob, Robbie's been salivating to be back with the Bears for a couple of years now. He tried to leave San Francisco once before they franchised him. What do you all think? Is Robbie what do you think, Nomad? Go ahead, jump in, Nomad. I mean, depending on what he's trying to get out of the deal, I mean, it makes nothing but sense to bring him back. He's probably one of the more accurate quarterbacks we've had in the league in the past 10 12 years at least probably longer than that i don't know how long he's been in the league but yeah he's very accurate. how much how long 2005s when the bears uh, got him from new england when uh, he didn't make the team that year he was doing construction work when the bears signed him midway through the season around week eight or nine that year i have no problem with robbie gold coming back here if that's i mean he's solid he's accurate and you don't you put that guy out there and you don't worry about it and so Cliff no mentions problem. Matt Gay from the Rams. The Rams did not tag uh, Matt Gay, so he might be available too. The Rams are probably having a fire sale now because A Rob and a number of other players are out there for the for the taking. Uh, let me bring in my guy, uh, Mr. Shorty. There he is. My son, my my younger brother. Don't we look alike? Look at this. <laughs> Unmute yourself and uh, we can hear you then. <laughs> Uh, you do kind of yeah. look like each other. It's kind of weird. It is very weird. <laughs> How do I sound? Is my mic okay? You sound wonderful. So, what's your impression of this trade? I, I know your immediate reaction was I'm a little underwhelmed, but now after you've gathered more information, are you feeling a little more positive? I am. Yeah, I agree with with Danny there. I, I was a little underwhelmed at first, and but the more that I look at it. I, well, because at first I re- actually I should say that I, I I was I read it while I was working, so I thought it was a 24 and a 25 first round pick, and I, if and I would say that if I was underwhelmed by that at first, then uh, that would be sad because that would be that would have have been amazing if we got that. But then realizing that it was a a, a 2025 second round pick, I was a little more underwhelmed. But then I got to really thinking about it, and there's you know, the Panthers could end up with the first round pick next year if by giving up, they gave up their best, you know, a chance at a new quarterback succeeding. And mm-hmm. that guy came to this team and they also lost Christian McCaffrey last year. Let's not forget. And they're starting over with a new head coach. So they could have, they could be right up there. And the Bears are sitting there with the first or second pick. And if Justin Fields 
ends up being everything that we think he is, then we trade that and we're set up for the next, you know, three years. And if Justin Fields is not, then we're sitting there with the first or second pick and we have a chance at something else. It's, it's, a, it's almost like an insurance policy. So I, I'm, I'm excited that the fact that we got DJ Moore out of it, we don't, I would still love to see Jackson Smith Najigba on the team, but um, if, if that didn't happen and we still got, you know, another receiver or whatever, I, it, I'd be happy right now going with what we have because I have confidence that I, that Claypool in year two will be better in this offense. And Mooney, I don't, I'm concerned about Mooney's injury with the leg, and who knows, you know, that's why I would like it, like a Jackson Smith Najigbaz, like an insurance, insurance policy to Mooney, I should say. But um, I think that this pick really works out well for the Bears because what happens if there's a quarterback sitting there at nine still? They could trade back to, you know, 15 or something or – yeah, Washington at 16 could be a prime candidate trade back with. Thank you, Danny. And pick up more, you know, picks. And then who would you draft at that pick? Maybe a, a Jack Campbell if he's still sitting there? If you look at that guy, man, he's, he looks no, like – Not an off-ball off, off linebacker, Shorty. Uh, what, what, what they need is they need guys up front. And, uh, again, this is all going to be predicated what they're doing for agency. That's, that's, this week's going to be big in terms of where they, they go. Yeah, if they go out there and they, they lock up McGlinchey, for example, even though I wouldn't be happy with it. But if, say, they do that, that's their starting right tackle next year. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba could be a possibility at number nine. You know, they could trade down and take him as well. So, you know, don't rule that out because, you know, you brought up a great point. You know, Mooney and Claypool are, are going into the felony of their contracts. This would be their way of getting their insurance policy in case one, one or both those guys leave via free agency. So right. uh, that's another thing to keep in mind. It's don't totally rule out the off the uh, the receiver there. I, I just don't think it's going to be a receiver because, uh, again, it's all going to be predicated by, by what happens in free agency. I know next week I'll be on here saying, oh, they're going receiver, you know, depending on what they do in free agency, for example. So it's it's just what they've done right now is they gave themselves a lot of options, right? And one of the options, and I, I will not rule out, although unlikely, but I will not rule it out, is trading back again. Again, if one of those quarterback drops down, if it's a Will Lovis, for example, you know, like I said, Washington could be a team. I know Tennessee took – a kid last year in, in the third round, but you know, they're not, doesn't seem to be sold there. They have number 11 pick, you know, you never know. There could be another team that, that could be lurking there for, for a quarterback, young quarterback. So that, um, that could be your scenario, Aldo with Anthony Richardson sitting there. And, <laughs> I, I, I was told, I, I was told the Texans are not taking a quarterback at number two. Well, that's true or not. Again, this is lying season, but say the Texans take Will Anderson at number two, they have a defensive minded head coach. They could use Will Anderson, and not that not, but they have the, the 12th pick. They could mm-hmm. say, "Oh, there's a quarterback sitting here. Maybe Bryce Young, the guy they m- could have taken number two at number nine. Next, thing you know that not Texans now are going to be trading up with the Bears at number at number nine. So it, it all could play out in different scenarios. So you know we, we can't just say, you know, for example, this is what they're going to go with now because of this, this, this. Next week's going to help us uh, a, a great deal in terms of tell us what they could potentially go for. But then the way the draft falls. There could be different scenarios that, that come up that none of us saw happening. So it, anything could happen. But as, as if, if they stay at nine right now, I, I'm thinking it's, it's going to be either offense or defensive lineman. Let me uh, go around the horn here. I got a question. Just talk in the chat room about a running back. B. John Robinson, of course, is widely considered to be the top running back in this year's draft. I uh, have been saying for several weeks now that I truly believe that the number one running back for the Chicago Bears is going to be a rookie. Um, 
they they will undoubtedly sign a veteran, but I don't think they're going to sign a, a heavily priced veteran, not with so many good running backs in this draft. So I'll start with you, Dan Aguirre. You know the history of the Chicago Bears running backs. You know how important it has been traditionally for this franchise. And I also believe that the running back is making a comeback in terms of because of the shell defenses all these teams are facing. It's like, all right, give it to the running back. We'll pick up 10 easy yards. So I'll ask you first, Dan Aguirre, where would you like to see the Bears draft a running back? Uh, clearly not the first round, but second or third maybe? Yeah, I mean, again, that's contingent on what they do in free agency. But like you said, they got Matt Forte in the second round. Uh, Neil Anderson was a first-round pick. Obviously, Walter was a first-round pick. Anthony Thomas, a second-round pick. And I know a lot of people forget that he was was a good player and was Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2001. So, yeah, you can get someone in the second round. And obviously they traded to get Thomas Jones, but he was a former first-round pick uh, drafted right before Erlacher. So, uh, you know, I hate that both guys get franchised. Uh, but being uh, with the Raiders and, and uh, the Giants, but maybe if you let David Montgomery walk, like I was telling you on Tuesday, if Henry becomes available – or even Leonard Fournette, whom I advocated the Bears getting when he went to Tampa, if you recall, when Jacksonville caught him. I like that kind of back, well, like a LeGarrette Blunt, Tyrone Wheatley kind of smash-mouth power guy. I feel like the Bears have never really had that since Walter, the guy who would just run your ass over, even though Walter's only like 5'10", but someone that's just a big bowling ball. And I don't think we have that now on the roster, even though David Montgomery breaks a lot of tackles. You know, mm -hmm. I still would like to have that big-bodied Derrick Henry kind of guy if it's plausible. But mm -hmm. if you're telling me that they're going to draft a kid in the second round, especially considering now you have two second-round picks, even though the other one – well, no, no, they lost their one to Claypool. That's right. Uh, either way, if they take a draft pick in the second round and use that, allocate that to a running back, I'm not going to be opposed. Yeah. But I do no, want the line, the offensive line built more than anything to protect number one. I think you're right. Line of scrimmage is the priority. Nomad, what do you think about a running back? I, I still think I, the running back that I was hopefully hoping they would get was uh, Josh Jacobs. They did right by franchising him. I still believe had they not, I think the Bears would have been interested. I, I, I know people feel different about that, but I I see now that he's gone, I see uh, uh, Miles Sanders as the best free agent to get. He's perfect for the system that we run. He's explosive. He can hit it downtown. I think he's valuable. And – I also believe that there are uh, some really good running backs in the draft to, that can really bolster you in that way, too. And they don't have to be drafted early. Guys like Kendra Miller, Israel Abikanda, uh, just a I had a I gave you a list of, of guys, although just a bunch of dudes that are, that are back there that people aren't paying very much attention to. But in free agency, I still think with the connections we have between uh, Ian Cunningham and Probably my I think my Sanders, I wouldn't rule that out, man. I, I swear I wouldn't. Depending on what they can get him in as far as a dollar amount, I think it's I think it's a good possibility. Um, Mr. Shorty, uh, you got a comment while I watch uh, Jordan Silver uh, cream all over himself <laughs> over this trade? <laughs> he says, I'm sitting here rock hard over this trade. <laughs> what do you think about a running back and where the Bears sh should acquire one, uh, Mr. Shorty? That's, uh this is that's an old phrase I used to use when I was much younger. Boner vision. Like you think about when you have a boner and you're ready to go, you know, you're, you have like a different frame of mind, right? Kind of, yes, you do. Kind of a version of boner vision. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we sit here with the possibilities of so much happening from this trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we sit with a lot of picks as it is, multiple picks and multiple rounds. And I think there, that there's more to come. I, as far as the answering the running back question, are you asking me if he was sitting there, Bijan Robinson at nine, if we should take him? Is yeah, that the I don't I, I, no, I'm just asking where would you like to see the Bears attack the running back problem? What round would you like to see would, them draft? Well, I think that by the time we get done with this, they're going to have if, – if it stands as is right now, I would like to see a running back drafted. If they can get a good one in the in, with the first third-round pick – or they only have one third-round pick. If they can get one in the third round or maybe with the second with the second second-round pick, I'd be happy with that because I think there's some – value to be had in the running backs this year because i think we need speed and if we can get a speedy back in one of those rounds maybe it's a little too high i don't know it really depends on how the draft board goes we got tajay sharp on open mic in what round nomad was that like the fifth or something (laughs) so i'd be happy with that yeah i mean i know it's a stupid mock draft but it was it was hey i don't know sometimes sometimes mock drafts could turn out to be uh prophetic Danny, yeah. what do you think, man? Well, although you know my, my theory about, about using first round picks on running backs, uh, but 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 the guys having said that, there are two backs in this draft that, in my opinion, are going to be special backs, and Bijan Robinson is one of them. But everyone's sleeping on Jameer Gibbs from uh, Alabama. Uh, the comp that that I see and the comp that a lot of people see are, is another Alvin Kamara. He's he's a threat out of the backfield in terms of the pass catcher. He brings you that four three speed out of the backfield. I think him. And that, you know, people wanted Saquon Barkley for explosiveness. Draft this kid, Jamar Gibbs. Now, Gibbs, you know, may go in the first round, um, you know, make a team like uh, – keep an eye on a team like Philly. Keep keep an eye on a team like the Chiefs possibly, you know, and then that, that, that tail in the first round. Although the Chiefs got Pacheco last year, so we'll see if they go into the running back here. But if he slips in the second round, that's why that, that 39th pick, that the higher end of the Carolina pick would have been nice to have because now you're in that territory. Now you can move up to go get a kid like Jameer Gibbs in the second round, which I think will give you great value because he's a he's a first-round talent. You can got him at the top of the, the second round. That would have been huge. And I'm telling you, explosive kid, explosive running back with Justin Fields in the backfield, with DJ Moore on the outside and Darnell Mooney. And, and now you're adding weapons. Now you're adding weapons to this offense. You're adding speed to this offense. You know, that would and, – and Bijan Robinson is, is my top running back. I, I love the kid as well. But I don't draft running backs in the first round, and Robinson's going to go in the first round. So, but Jamar Gibbs is a kid. If he dropped in the second round, that's a guy I would target hard in the top of that second round. So, uh, give you that big play speed speed element. But again, this is all predicated on on, on solidifying your offense and defensive lines first. If you mm-hmm. still have holes or needs heading into the draft on either offense or defensive line, you got to fill those up first. First and foremost, that's it. No more. Drafting safeties or, or corners first and second round, go and, and solidify question, offensive line. What's that? Can I ask you a question? Sure. What if Andre Carter's sitting there at nine? Andre Carter, the, the kid from Army? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the kid from Georgia. Carter from Georgia. Oh, John Carter? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I uh, talked about it earlier. Touched about it earlier. You know, depending on, on why he's dropping, is there are there more legal issues coming out? You know, are, and then again, all 32 teams are investigating Jalen Carter now after what happened to him at the combine. You know, if, if it's just, you know, what it is or what it is now, it's not going to get worse than it is now. And if he drops the number nine, 
that's a home run right there because you get your three technique. Even if you went and you signed a Draymond Jones in free agency or a Hargrave in free agency, you do not pass up on a talent like a Giancaro, which is, so that's why, you know, unless, you know, his, his legal troubles are worse, I, I, I just can't see him dropping down to number nine. He's just that damn talented. So, since but if he's there, if he's there, yes, you plug him in there. As a follow-up question, since we're all Dan's here, you, me, and Dan, and I actually have a bear's tattoo on my skin of the GSH that's being, my skin is being ripped apart and the jersey is underneath. As, <laughs> as Dan Bears fans, do you think the McCaskies would select a player like that at nine? Or, or at all? Well, again, it, it all yeah, all depends on what else comes out. If if it's if it's just this right now, that what, what we know right now, and again, there's, there's a lot that we don't know about. So if, if nothing else is there, if it's just this, and he's not going to be you know uh, indicted or arrested or, or whatnot or, or charges or anything like that, you know, it's, he's a 21 year old kid. You know, did something stupid, did something dumb. Unfortunately, the the, the worst part of it is, is, is two young people lost their lives in this situation. And that, that's that's the worst part of it. But right. So, you know, if that's just a 21 year old kid, this, you know, we talked about it last night, although on, on draft on tap, you know, which one of us in college didn't do something stupid that now as adults, we regret. And we're like, well, how do we get ourselves in that position? So, you know, as long as there's nothing else and I, I keep stressing that nothing, nothing else that's going to come out of this. If you just, you know, he, he was racing. He got scared. You know, unfortunately, two people died and he lied about it. If that's the worst of it. You know, I, I don't think, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't pull, do anything to, to kill these, you know, under, under these people. You know, uh, he was just doing something stupid as, as a young person. I, I, just, I just think it's not something that you just banish the kid and just take him off your draft board. But again, we haven't done the background check on him. Right. You know, there's stuff leaked out that, uh, you know, prior to all this, that, that, that there's some character issues off the football field. You know, the fact that this got uh, leaked and came out the day he was interviewing with teams tells me that someone at Georgia, whether it's Kirby Smart or, you know, someone there did not intentionally because Kirby Smart runs Athens, Georgia. Nothing goes in and out of there without his approval. So that tells me that there's some bad blood between Carter and the coaching staff. And that could be a red flag. So that's thing. They maybe the same, maybe the same person who told Todd McShay that there's some character concerns with him. So clearly yeah, so someone at Georgia is down. They've been trying to break him down since then. So, you know, that could be a red flag. And that's something, again, that's what these NFL teams have, these private investigators. You know, they, they investigate the heck out of these, these prospects and they, they try and find every single thing that they, you know, that they can find about them. So if everything comes back clean, you know, other than I'll, the only thing that's bad is what we know, you know, you, you have to, the talent-wise, you have to draft them. But, um, again, you know, what, what that's going to have to be determined. We'll, that will play out in the next, you know, four or five weeks. Um, Danny's right, man. That, that guy's too talented just to let a, uh, an infraction like that, even though people p passed away. But, you know, it's when you're that age, man, dude, you, you, you got to give people a chance and, and the time and the space to grow up and become men, you know, and that's what it is. You know, if you feel like you have the proper structure in place and the proper, you know, the people that teach around you, put them in position to be a leader in his room. You know what I mean? Put him in position to where he has to accept some responsibility. And that's what changes a, a young man. And he starts to become a man. It did for me. You know, I was a real, I was something else. I was a piece of work when I was his age. <laughs> but I wasn't a person that you couldn't coach. And you couldn't reach because 
just because I was young. So I, I just don't like the idea of everybody so willing to just sweep him under the rug and because somebody said he's got character issues and the reports about him out there. It's all worth noting, but it's it's worth in context something to think about moving forward. Yeah, my only uh, concern with the whole issue is I want to know more about why he left the scene. What did he see? Did he Scared. see that his teammate? But did he see a, an accident and not call for help? Because that would be, to me, morally reprehensible at whatever age. If you see a teammate and a woman in a car that's been in an accident and you drive away without considering calling for help or anything, then that to me is morally reprehensible and too, too big, too big, uh, uh, too egregious of uh, an issue to overlook. You know, what are you going to do with teammates when they're in trouble? Uh, so now I'm just totally speculating. But those are some of the questions that have to be answered over the next few uh, next few weeks. Uh, Dan Aguirre, you got an opinion on this? Yeah, I heard he, he said his hero was Senator Ted Kennedy. So that's <laughs> 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 you know where his thought process was. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, uh, if he's there, you almost there, made Kennedy yeah. laugh. If, if the talent is what you all say, because as I've told you humbly so many times, I don't follow college football. But if he's as good as everyone says he is, and for some reason he's there, then you got to take him. Yeah. And that's what your coaches are paid for. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. You know, also, too, man, I can I can remember being in, uh, I ain't going to say the same circumstances, but similar circumstances where guys were out drinking. You know, when you're in college town, that's what people do. They go out, they drink, and, you know, the smart ones get in the car with somebody that ha hasn't been drinking, but quite often – you end up in a car if you're not going very far, you know, like usually the bars are right down the street from the uh, student housing and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not sure what the scenario looked like for uh, Jalen Carter, but I'm pretty sure his first instinct was, I'm getting the hell out of here. I've been drinking. And just to add some context, I, th this was this happened after they came from a party for celebrating the national championship. So right. I'm sure there are some drinking, some alcohol involved on, bo on both sides, Carter side and maybe even the driver. It passed away, unfortunately. I think, you know, that, that that could have played a part in this. And maybe he was drunk and he was speeding and he just freaked out. He's a 21-year-old kid and he's got his whole life coming ahead of him in terms of the draft. He probably just thought of, you know, hey, again, just like all the – I'm speculating. I don't know the facts here either. But, you know, a 21-year-old kid been drinking, was racing, some some of the accident. Maybe he didn't even, even – just saw the car flipping. He just kind of said, oh, he freaked out. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I don't want to be caught in this and just took off and doesn't know what the – ramifications were of, of the people in the car again just speculation but I, I could see it happening you know especially if you've been drinking especially if you're a high profile draft pick that's going to project to go number one overall you don't want to be caught up in something like that and um you know 21 year old kid made a mistake possibly we'll yeah. see uh b minor at makes a, a point here he says he heard that uh, uh jalen was way ahead of the accident they came back but people told him to leave and so you know how yeah. uh that that is is definitely plausible to me so uh, there's details again, that we don't know guys and just until exactly. everything's investigated that's why i say like as long as there isn't anything egregious like aldo pointed out that he did whether he came back and he saw people in trouble and just decided to leave to save his ass you know those are things that obviously take into effect so as i'm saying like all 32 teams are doing their due diligence here on this kid uh but yeah and, and assuming it's it's nothing you know crazy if he's there you gotta take him you know i i got my my biggest thing although we touched on at the beginning of the of the show is, is tyree wilson is probably out of the range of the bears unless they go ahead and trade up and try and get him but 
And that that was a kid I, I was I was frothing at the mouth to have him play defensive end for the Bears. And again, in just in the pure speculation mode, they may have seen the medicals on Tyree and said, "Yeah, be. this this could be a Larry Ogunjobi kind of thing." And so we're not we're willing to go past you know the fourth pick and go down to nine because we don't we don't think he's he's. Uh, healthy enough to pick at nine. So who knows? It's all Plus, speculation. Chris Ballard wasn't going to give up two first-round picks to move up three spots. So that that's also something that he, he, had, he had dug his heels and he wasn't going to do it. And so you know, Chris Ballard is, is a guy that, they, you know, once he digs in his heels, he's, he's, you know, he's a guy that's not going to do it. So I, you know, you know that there's rumors now that Carolina is going to shop the pick and, and some people are saying they might get more than the Bears. I, good luck. Because I, I, the one thing I know for sure is, is this is the best offer Ryan Pohl's got. That's thing I know because he would have not done it if, if it wasn't if there's another offer out there better than this. So, I that's the thing in terms of the Carolina trading the pick that'd be that'd be dumb in my opinion. You know, you give up a, a pretty good haul for to just move back a couple more spots. So, I don't think Carolina would trade because they were trying to get Stafford a few years ago and then they were trying to get Deshaun Watson last year. So, to yeah. me, that says that they really, really want to get a quote unquote number one quarterback and now they've got they can take their pick. I assume they take the kid from Alabama. I I, I don't think they're no. trading. I think they no, take the pick Frank, first overall. Frank, Frank Reich, Frank's Reich's history in terms of quarterback, he likes bigger, taller quarterbacks. So for me, it's going to be C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson. A big tell here is is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was scheduled to to meet with Carolina along with the the Texans and the Raiders uh, once free agency starts. If he obviously if he chooses Carolina, then we that pretty much seals it. it's going to be Richardson in my opinion, because he's going to be able to sit back there and for a year or two could the needs of that time. But if he doesn't go to Carolina, then obviously I think CJ Stroud is going to be the guy they pick. Okay. Danny stuff, Schumann, get one, one quick question for Danny. True or false? I, you're going to turn into the Hulk if they pick Paris Johnson at number nine, aren't you? No. You're going to take your shirt off. No, I, 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 mean, I, mean, I mean, Paris Johnson is my second tackle, uh, but it's, it's close between him and Broderick, Broderick Jones from Georgia. Uh, you know, as a you know, matter of fact, you know, Paris Johnson is a guy that that it's kind of similar to Braxton Jones in terms in terms of he's a guy that's got to get stronger. Uh, you know, he gets bull rushed a lot, and uh, he plays. You know, you know, he's about six five, six six, I think it is. He's, he elevates his pads a lot, so he's gonna have to work on that. Uh, but you know, he's played right guard. He started a right guard the year before. He moved to left tackle this year, so he's got experience playing on, on, on the right side, which is where I, I would see him. I, I put him at right tackle. Uh, Broderick Jones to me is just is just a more physical presence at the line of scrimmage, uh, but he's also a one-year starter. Uh, but he's more talented in terms of getting out to that next level, that second-level run fit, and being able to eliminate those those second-level blocks. But again, he's going to have to adjust now, moving from left side to right side. He's never played right on the right side in his career, so there, there's things you can like and, and, and you know, but dislike by both both you know players. But uh, for me, it's Jones followed by Johnson. But if the Bears think it's Johnson followed by Jones, I I I wouldn't disagree with them. But you know you gotta you gotta solidify offense and defensive line in free agency and the draft. If they picked a corner with the number you know nine pick or or they picked a off the ball linebacker, I would lose my shit. But not when you pick a you pick an offensive lineman. No. Well, hold on now. If what if, if they screw up some things, some key core pieces in free agency, you still gonna be upset about that? I I'd love to take Trenton Simpson in the top ten or fifteen. No, Trenton Simpson's not a top ten player for me. He's not. He's an off ball linebacker. He's he's a middle linebacker. Um, he's a guy you, you maybe you can play on the, on the outside, but I, I would not use an off the ball linebacker at top 10. Uh, he's not special like that. Uh, you know, for me, like again, depending on what to do on the, on the offense, defensive line, if you still have a hole or right tackle, there, there, you got to go offensive line. 
Great stuff, guys. Hey, uh, let's tackle some of the questions that I've been collecting here. Uh, let's start with uh, Hair Bear and a couple of other people have asked about Isaac Siamolo, the uh, free agent right guard, I believe he plays. Uh, any thoughts on him and him potentially being somebody the Bears might pursue? Again, he's a guard. He's a mauler. Uh, he's a guy that that Philadelphia has, has developed. Um, you know, he's a right guard, I believe. Uh, we have Tevin Jenkins there. It just kind of tells you what the Bears think of Tevin Jenkins if they go after a kid like that. Um, so I, I, I mean, right now, I, I don't think they would they would go get a a kid like uh, Samuelo. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think they're going to probably just kind of concentrate on getting that defensive line short up in, in free agency and maybe maybe a. a I, I think they're going to get a nickel corner. And I keep saying this, and I think they're going to get a nickel corner, but I think they're going to either do it in veteran free agency or maybe like, you know, second or third round of the draft. But I think they're going to get a nickel corner as well. Any thoughts on that, Nomad? Oh, I, I think he's, he's exactly what they will be looking for in a guard. He, but he's not the only one, depending on the price of, of one of those guys. But he's that, you know, I got my lunch, but my lunch pail and my hard hat. I just go in there and get the shit done. And I keep <laughs> it off of my quarterback. And, and you have to covet that. I like the connections between Ian Cunningham and those guys. I'm sure he was instrumental in putting that line together there. Uh, I also think there's a guy named uh, Andre Dillard that could be a possibility. They have two starting left tackles. I, I've said that many times. But I think two offensive linemen from uh, Philly, Philly is not out of the question. But then so, you, so you're saying you, you would bench Tevin Jenkins then for Ciamolo? No, he can Ciamolo can play both sides. And he's been known to play center. What about white hair? White hair, let him go. Danny, I have a question for you. Uh, PJ, one of our chat members who was on open mic night on Wednesday, brought up a great point about Tevin Jenkins. He thinks that he that we should move him back to right tackle. And I, at first, it kind of stumped me. I couldn't figure out why until I thought about it. If he's six foot six with neck and back problems, and he's playing in the guard position where he's taking that immediate impact off the line, wouldn't it be better to move him to back to right tackle and get somebody else to insert at right guard? Well, coming out of coming out of Oklahoma State, I, I always saw, I always projected him on the right side. I projected him as, as a right tackle, probably eventually inside a guard. And and you know the fact that they drafted him and told me he was going to play left tackle was 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 a joke to me. Um, but you know, for for me, I, I think right now that he settled in at right guard last year, and and he finally saw him playing well. You know, the 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 injuries are, are something that you know could you say you know playing inside a guard, like I said, could be more impactful to his you know his body. It's football is an impact sport. I, I think whether you put him at a tackle or a guard, you're not going to be able to hide some guys from injuries. So I I just I just like the fact that he developed finally. He got settled into a position at right guard, and I, I saw him produce, and I saw him get better, and I saw him you know get that confidence back and. And I, I just I just think with, that you can go solidify right tackle with this number nine pick or in free agency, whatever you do. Uh, and now you have your right guard solidified with, with Jenkins. And I think you have your left tackle of the future. Then you just and you have white hair for another year, possibly. Um, and I think now you just you can you solidifying the offensive line. And I and remember and for left guard, they drafted this kid Carter last year in the sixth round, I think it was. They like him a lot. Yeah. Now he's he's raw. Uh, but, but, you know, but they like him a lot. So I think, you know, that, that could be a guy that could be seeing their as a potential left guard or replacement for white hair. So, you know, uh, again, you know, the fact that they got their left tackle in the fifth round is a huge hit for, for Ryan Poles because obviously, you know, the, the money you save there, uh, a young guy, 
and now you, you can solidify a right tackle in the draft possibly as well. I think you, you're building a nice a formidable foundation at the offensive line. And I think that now you can have a young unit kind of all grow together with Justin Fields, with DJ Moore, with Mooney, with Clement. Now you're seeing an offense come together. That's, that, that's exciting. Yeah. Excellent stuff. All right. We're getting questions about um, Peter Skaransky. Swanky has asked a couple of times, what do you guys think about Skaransky at left guard with the ninth overall pick? Nomad, I think you, you're for this, right? No, not a guard. <laughs> not a guard oh, at, at nine, no. Okay. T- tell me why. I just don't think he's uh, – I think you got, you have too many other uh, positions in need to be reaching for a guard. That Usually a sweet spot for, for the guards. It's unfortunate because guards get overlooked in the draft, running backs get overlooked, linebackers get overlooked. And it seems to me the, the trend in the past 10 years has been third round and back is usually the sweet spot for those guys, but ain't no, he's got to be, no, I'm not, I'm not messing with, I wouldn't mess with him at nine at all. Anybody disagree with Nomad? Nomad, let me ask you a question. And first of all, I agree with you. I, I think nine is, is high for a guard, especially if you have, again, this could change, but going into the, you know, talking now, what is it? Uh, March 10th, a lot of holes on this, on this team. But what if Peter Skoronsky turns into Zach Martin? Would you then hate the pick at number nine? I'd regret Zach it, but I wouldn't hate it. Depending, looking at all the holes that we have, no, you you gotta you gotta do what you need to do in in really really core positions and just never look back. If if a guy turns out to be a monster, which which he has the potential to be, you 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 be okay with it because you were busy filling in all these potholes in your in your driveway. You know, you, you got to smooth some of this stuff out. That's the thing with Skaronski. It's like it's unfortunate that that you know he's. He doesn't have the length to play left tackle, but I think he's got the, the talent to be a very damn good left guard. And again, you know, my 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 preference would be either the tackles, Johnson or, or Jones, depending on you know what you've done for agency. But but if you if you know if you solidify for agency, if you, uh, I'm sorry, but if solidify a right tackle for your free agency, and then he's the best player available. You know, you you kind of have to you know you can solidify left, your left side of the, of, the, of your offensive line for for years to come. And again, you know, again, just building that that wall in front of Justin Fields would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wouldn't be my my top my top priority. So, um, if, you know, if but, but again, there at nine, I say you take him. If he's not, and and Jackson Smith is, I say you take him. I just see okay. all the blue chip players on the on the board at nine, and I just can't imagine grabbing a guard right there. That's just unfathomable to me. I can't imagine. Well, we don't know what's going to be available. We I mean, we're just kind of assuming what's going to be available in terms of blue chip players. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to get into my rant about how important guards are, uh, but I will get into my rant about how important guards are. I still believe that the NFL has changed over the last 10, 15 years because quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball so quickly. It is much more important to have the middle of your offensive line stacked with talent and depth. The, the offensive tackles, you can scheme around their deficiencies. You can have chips. You can have plays a- away from the, the number one pass rushers. You can minimize that because of the distance they are away from the offensive line, from the from the quarterback. And in addition to that, we are seeing some of the top pass rushers being moved into the inside to take advantage of weak defense, the weak uh, offensive line middles. And every quarterback will tell you what's the most important thing for me to throw accurately is for me to step up in the pocket without any interruption. Guards are vital. Now, would I take Pete Skaronsky at nine? 
I'm not sure. It all depends on free agency, who's still on the board and so forth. I frankly think that the defensive line is a much higher, much, much higher priority right now than the offensive line, uh, particularly with the expected development that I'm seeing out of Justin Fields where he won't be holding on to the ball as long as he has uh, in the past two seasons. He'll be making quicker decisions, and so there'll be less stress on the offensive line. But that's not to say, hey, Retro, thank you very much again. Uh, but that's not to say we don't need to improve the offensive line. We certainly do. But it's defensive line first and then offensive line second. And uh, if I'm not sure that I've got a great middle, uh, then I'm, I'm taking whoever's available there in the middle uh, and I can pick up a veteran tackle. Like, uh, Danny, you said it uh, uh, yesterday on Draft on Tap. You brought up uh, Jason Peters, right? Or, or And Riley Reef, wasn't it you? Or somebody else. I mean, you, you can find a stopgap at, at the offensive tackle position. I think nowadays a little easier than you can at guard. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on that. Right, I mean, and that's things like I said earlier. Riley Reef was was a guy that that came in, filled in. I think did an admirable job. Again, he's he's up there in age. He's he's not what he used to be, but but I think he came in, he solidified that right tackle spot. And again, um, you know, that's I was talking about Reef over McGlinchey spending. You know, what is it, seventeen, eighteen million dollars for McGlinchey? You know, or you get a guy like Reef and come in for half that and and, and do a solid yeoman's work. You know, there. But obviously, I would prefer to get a a young stud pillar there at right right tackle again solidify that you have your bookend solidified and now, now you move on but you know in, in terms of in terms of what you know with what Skaronsky what, what he does you know obviously you you kind of you don't want a, a guard in the top 10 you want more impact players and I think with 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 the kid from from Clemson the linebacker Simpson Simpson's a, a pretty good player but again I don't want an off the ball linebacker at number nine when I can get when I need help up front right now if I trade down or fill out others needs different story we'll, we'll take a look at that that happens but got to solidify your offensive defensive lines and free agency and in this draft and that that's that's where i'm, I'm shooting for dan aguire i know you're not a draft nick uh so some of these names are might be a little foreign to you but what do you think about the overall theory about drafting a left guard uh in uh in the ninth pick <laughs> i've been agreeing with you on the quentin nelson thing for what five years now so <laughs> i i honestly think it had the bears if nelson hadn't been taken the bears were going to draft him versus roquan and <laughs> i think the bears would have already re-upped him too and wouldn't have traded him so i mm -hmm. think you're you're kind of absolved of all that vitriol that you received five years ago over the quentin <laughs> nelson thing i, I kind of agree with nomad now based upon what's perceived from what i hear from from danny for example the the experts here on the draft uh, that are saying all this immense talent is there. So if, if we can wait to draft a running back in the second round, for example, then why couldn't you wait to draft a guard a little bit lower too? Although Quentin Nelson was, you know, uh, the aberration mm -hmm. of the guard position. Although I agree with you that the guard internal line play is a lot more important than it was 15, 20 years ago. But I still think, you know, like Nomad said, if all that talent's there, at the ninth pick, you better not draft a fucking guard. I mean, you can get a guard. You can sign a guard. Guards are important. They're not disposable. But with everybody else in the pool, let's take somebody that that value is valued more. Yeah. Just to tack on to what Danny just what what uh, Dan Aguirre just said, just for the record, just today, two really nice guards just hit the market. Uh, one of them is Graham uh, Glasgow from uh, mm -hmm. Denver, really nice, and another one is Will Hernandez. Probably won't cost you a hell of a lot of money. You know, people could 
you know, we can fuss about who, if you think they're solid or not, but you're talking about um, what's affordable and as far as your budget versus what you can get later on in the draft. You Will know? Will's from the Giants, right? He, I think yeah. he, yeah, he was with the Giants. Yeah. yeah, I think the Bears, if you believe the reports, were interested in him a couple of years ago when he got drafted in the second round, but he got taken first before you know, well, before the Bears. Could get it. He doesn't fit the scheme anymore, guys. He's he's a he's a big gapping you know mauler at the, at the line of scrimmage. No, these guys want you know guys that are athletic, guys that that can get out in space, guys that can that can get on lead block and 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 be guys that can block east and west, moving laterally and maintain their blocks and position. So. Uh, you know, he, he, I don't think Hernandez fits it. Uh, Glasgow, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was playing center for, for the Broncos. Um, he can you know, play all I, three. And, and, I mean, again, I, I am a, a huge proponent of upgrading center. So, you know, if he's healthy and, and he's willing to come in and play center I, or give him a shot, I'd, I'd give him a shot because I think Lucas Patrick, to me, I know he can't play guard. I'm not sure. They, they tell me he can play center. We'll, we'll have to find out. But uh, that's an area of the center position is area of, of, of a lot high concern for me. That's why I've been digging into this, this draft class in terms of the center, the players at center. Uh, Bear Truth Nine has a question about Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive lineman from uh, the Titans. Apparently, uh, he scrubbed all mention of the Titans off of his social media. He's having some difficulties with his contract. The Titans are still hoping to get something done with him. But what do you think about uh, Nomad? Uh, how familiar are, are you with Simmons? And what do you think if he's available? Do you think he's somebody the Bears might pursue? Uh, very familiar with him. And yes, they would be uh, interested in him. And it appears to me, based on some of the moves they made in the past this week, it looks like a teardown. Rand mm -hmm. Carthon is, is tearing down. He's he, he's kind of going, getting ready to start from scratch. So. I guess uh, uh, Jeffrey Simmons is getting a, a whiff of what's going on and maybe he sees himself as not a person to be in their future. I don't, I don't know if they're going to stick with the uh, three, four defense or I don't, I don't know what they're about to do there, but apparently uh, the new GM came in and said, Hey, you know what? We need, we need to clear some of this out of the, uh, off the, off the budget and, and do some different things here. I'm sure uh, I forget the coach's name. I'm sure he wouldn't be in agreement with that, but, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Jeffrey Simmons becomes available, you know, mm -hmm. depending on what they want to do moving forward. Iceberg Slim, thank you very much for the $5 in the tip jar. That is very, very much appreciated. You know, these tips that are coming in remind me of the days that I used to frequent uh, strip clubs. Uh, I always would walk in with about uh, 40 singles, you know, and then I'd slip the dollar into the garter belt and the girl would look at me and say, geez, you're no Iceberg Slim, man. <laughs> Well, always that guy getting a drink thrown on at me. First of all, you walk in with $40 singles. You're not going to have much action. In walking <laughs> no, that's just for the tips. You can get the ones with the bullet holes and stab wounds on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the girls nowadays, they have credit card machines. They, they can go inside yeah. their credit card. Which, wow. It's inside their vaginas, I'm sure. Got all kinds of cigarette burns on her and everything. Track marks. <laughs> Dan Aguirre, you want to comment on that? <laughs> I just sent you a video. I was like, man, I've I've been wa I've watched this like fifteen times straight now. I apologize for not paying attention. I admit that I've been watching this run that Fields had against Green Bay back in December, where he scores and makes a move, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is still our guy. Thank fuck. Oh, this is a PG show. Thank God. No, that's, that's Thank not. God. <laughs> it was supposed to be a PG show, but that's well, I'm going to restrain. I don't. I want to be professional here, so.
There you go. But yeah, the Bears uh, uh, released a top 10 plays of Justin Fields today, and the first uh, or the top four or five were all run plays. Beautiful plays, and I'm not complaining. Let's reverse that this year. Let's make sure that they're pass plays. All right, let's see what else we got. Iceberg, thanks again a lot uh, for that. Uh, Laz wants to know your thoughts, Danny Shimon, on Dean Lowry. That's the Northwestern yeah, I, guy. I saw that. I saw that. He's a he's a free agent. He's a he's a guy that has been used as a five technique over in Green Bay. Uh, obviously, no local kid from Northwestern. You know, if you want to bring him in as, as a guy that can that can be a one technique, some some depth. I I don't know if Dean Lowry is a guy that's gonna really uh you know um tip the scales for me but definitely a, a solid guy that can get in there i give you some you know uh, a guy that can take up blockers and, and give you some pass rush but you know he's not the the the, the three technique that I'm, that I'm looking for you know guys i'm looking for are like guys like javon hargrave you know draymond jones you know going back to that jeffrey simmons question that's interesting you know if, if it is true if he is available he's a guy that, that would be a nice fit he, that guy's a, a wrecker in the, in the middle of, of that defensive line six four 300 plus pounds uh, you know, a guy like that can really just, you know, cause havoc. So I, I think he'd be a guy to to invest in. Obviously, the big question is, is you know, what is Tennessee looking for? You know, I, I just talked about earlier in the show, do not trade these picks, these future picks you just got today in this in this big trade with Carolina because you need these picks. So, you know, what what is, you know, what does Tennessee want? Do they want a second round pick for them? You know, it, it, it might be worth, you know, giving them that 61st pick for, for a guy like Jeffrey Simmons. Now, again, he's probably going to want to get paid. So that's all got to be in consideration as well. So, you know, we talked about maybe Tennessee moving up to number to number nine. If, if there's a guy, a quarterback that they see there, you know, maybe 11 and Jeffrey Simmons gets you to number nine. I don't know. Just, just you know, but it, it's a it's a definitely a guy that would be a nice fit in this system. A guy as a record up front, a guy that, that, that would be, I, I'm sure, the coach, the defensive coaches that would love to have in the middle of the defensive line. Uh, any other thoughts on Dean Lowry before we entertain our next question? All right. Uh, Toa wants to know. Go, go ahead, no man, please. No, go ahead. Get to the next one. Uh, Toa wants to know about: Is there a wide receiver in this draft that you would take over DJ Moore? And I think uh, Nomad said earlier, DJ Moore, if he was being drafted this season, would be the number one overall pick. Is there anyone that would disagree with Nomad on that? Well, it's it's a little it's a little because we we've seen DJ Moore produce at the NFL level, so obviously you know and, and taking that into context, yeah, I mean he's he's probably the best receiver right now. But you know coming out of Maryland, he wasn't necessarily the guy I would take over uh, hands down over a Jordan Addison or a, you know Jackson Smith and Jigba, just you know a couple of guys that that I'm that I'm really high on here as well. So you know he'd be in a conversation. Obviously he was a first round pick. I think he went 24th overall in, the, in that first round that year. Carolina took him. So you know he's a guy coming out of Maryland. Or he you know he was a guy that's hands were a little bit shaky for me. You know, a couple of you know, bobble catches, double catches when, when he bobbles the ball, uh, you know, uh, kind of, you know, catching it with his frame. They were just inconsistent. Obviously, he's, he's at the NFL always gotten better. He's produced. So, you know, obviously, you know, taking that into consideration, yeah, he'd be, the, you know, better from these guys. These guys are all college players. None of them has, you know, played a down of NFL football. So, but yeah, just coming out of Maryland, you know, he was a guy who was explosive, got some speed, but also has some, has some shaky, you know, uh, you know, catches in terms of his hands, some question marks. But, you know, obviously he's improved and, and is an NFL, you know, NFL receiver. So is he a number one receiver in the NFL? We'll have to see. Mr. Shorty, when you had your mock draft the other night on your new hit show, Open Mic, um, who was who was the top selection? Uh, I, I, I'm assuming you traded down. Can, do you remember the first picks that were off the board? Uh, well, I, we did the draft the first time and then I ended up hitting the wrong button and I hit the, 
I had so many tabs open that I closed out the first draft. And in that one, there wasn't a quarterback off the board in the top five, I don't think, Nomad, right? No. Are you serious? Yeah. No, I, I wanted him. I wanted him to kill that first one anyway, because that was yeah. that was a that was a sham. I don't he know. Did what it in like the third round, and I yeah. screwed it up. So I that was I, so I, unrealistic. Yeah, I restarted <laughs> it, and it was more realistic. And that then it was uh, Bryce Young. Um, uh, I think C.J. Stroud went first, and then Bryce Young was second. And I think there was three quarterbacks in the top five, and that was much more realistic. But then and you Bears, guys traded down. We traded down. Uh, twice, I think, right, Nomad? But I think we got right around to nine or something. We, I think Wasn't we it? went. I think we went the Texans, and then we went. I think we got Carolina, as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it was. But I, and but our first pick was Lucas Van Ness. Okay. And then the second pick was. Um, we ended up getting Michael Schmitz. We ended up getting Ty J. Spears. We ended up getting. Uh, it was a if. The draft was if the Bears could have had that draft, we would be in the NFC NFC Championship game this year. It was that good. Of a draft. <laughs> we had like sixteen total picks. It really was just for fun. It wasn't uh, that realistic. It was just the, the pro football focused draft or whatever. You know, it's the trade. The first trade was so unrealistic from the Texans. We had to uh, change it just to remove some picks because it just it wasn't realistic. And we focused on not taking any picks in next year's draft because we wanted to just focus on this draft. So it wasn't as realistic as it should be, but we had a lot of fun with it though. Hey, check this out. Notorious TBG is in the chat and he uh, has tipped us $10, $9.99. And he writes, in polls we trust more as a stud that the Packers tried trading for their first rounder for a nice contract that gives us a legit number one target, turning one pick into four and a bona fide stud. Let's fucking go, fucking go. Bear down. The notorious BIGs with us tonight. Well, it was PG, but it's not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know uh, what's interesting, notorious is uh, on the Mac and Reed show Wednesday night. Check it out. The last ten minutes of the show, both Mac and Reed give their top five songs from your catalog or or your uh, uh, your what's that word when you you um, your playlist. No, uh, your alter ego, your yeah. alter ego. So I, I learned about a couple of new Notorious songs that I'd never heard before. That guy was had a great sound. I actually just saw that movie. You guys see that uh, Notorious movie that was done about 10 years ago? It's really yes. well done. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, Dan? It's good. Yeah, very good. Well, all right, let's move on to the questions because I can see this topic is not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, Laro wants to know, uh, Danny, how do you feel about the cornerback, Christian Gonzalez? Yeah, Christian Gonzalez really, really impressed at the combine. I mean, you know, big corner with good speed, quick twitch fibers. I mean, he comes from an athletic family. I think around a 4'3", 4'3", at six feet, um, you know, slender built. I, I think he's, he's a guy that's in competition with Devin Weatherspoon to, to be the first corner taken, um, you know, not really a physical corner. So he's more of a, of a cover guy, but uh, definitely a guy that's going to be, you know, either the first, second corner taken. So uh, I think he's been slotted now to go to Detroit at number six overall. But, you know, Philly, uh, you know, a little bit of a little you know, late breaking news here. Well, not late, but maybe like a little under the, under the cover here. But they gave Darius Slay their top corner the opportunity to go out and seek a trade, which is kind of kind of weird because they already have James Bradbury, who's a free agent. So, you know, they, they that, that tells me that they're targeting a corner with that number 10 pick. 
So, you know, a kid like, you know, Christian Gonzalez or Witherspoon could possibly be a fit there with, with the, uh, with the Eagles. So uh, yeah, but I, obviously in terms of the bears, I, I do not want them to draft a corner, uh, maybe a nickel corner in, in the later rounds if they don't sign one for agency, but uh, yeah, that, that's not gonna be, that's not gonna be a guy for the, for the bears. Um, moving on with the questions, uh, prospects, uh, at tackle at who are your favorite offensive tackles? I know Danny, you, you still haven't done your board nomad. You still haven't done your board, but, uh, talk to me about a couple of tackles that if they are there at number nine, you're saying, okay, he's that's for us. Yeah. Go ahead. Nomad. You go first. Oh, I, I'll give it to you in order. And, and I, you know, not in any particular order because, it's really a toss-up to me after I'm done evaluating the tape of how good these guys are. But it's it's Paris Johnson, it's Carter Warren, or it's Darnell Wright. To me, I think they're they're the cream of that crop to me as far as everything I've seen on tape. I like everything about all three of those guys. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, for me, it's it's uh, right now it's it's Broderick Jones from Georgia, uh, Paris Johnson second, and you know I. I I'm I'm still into looking at the Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, but you know I so right now I'd say Darnell Wright, but Darnell Wright is, is a guy that's I'm kind of mixed on right now. So, but for sure, uh, uh, Broderick Jones and, and Paris Johnson are, are, the, are the top two. Um, you know, like I said, the Bears pick either one of those guys number nine. I, I wouldn't be upset because uh, I, I think both guys can solidify again that, that right tackle spot for for years to come. Mm. I agree. Uh, Dan Aguirre, I got a question for you. Uh, Javon Hargrave is now the top three tech defensive lineman available in this draft. Only problem is he's 30 years old. And so he wants that last big contract. Are you willing to spend $50, $60 million on a 30-year-old defensive tackle? Or are you willing instead to try to find a gem in the draft? What are your thoughts? Um, if you if you don't want to get Derrick Henry because you say he's 29, then it's hard to give all that coin out to someone that's 30 in the interior when it seems like they start falling off at like 31, 32, pretty early in the 30s. I mean, but if you told me they made the sign the the acquisition, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna be negative on here saying oh that was a terrible acquisition. Mm -hmm. So I don't mean to be on the fence on it. I guess I would be looking to go another direction, but if the Bears did sign him, I'm not going to be disappointed per se. Okay. Anybody uh, have thoughts on Hargrave and whether the Bears should make a big investment on, on the DT from Philadelphia? I, I don't like going old old players right now. We're not to the point where we need to sign a veteran player that can help yet. I mean – I think that we should go young in, in the draft here with the defensive line and, and stack up in multiple ways as well as, as the offensive line and let them all just develop. You might you might need some help on the offensive line with, with another veteran maybe, or maybe there is an older veteran that you want to bring in. It's not going to be as expensive, but I think that it's it's through the draft right now. I think we're to that point. What do you think, Nomad? I, you know what's funny about the uh, everybody loves Hargrave. I love Hargrave. There's nothing about his tape that you don't like. His age, I'm okay with it because a lot of these guys mature well past their 30s and still have pr plenty of tread on their tires three, four years down the road. But I compared his tape, and I don't know if I was right for doing it, but I did when I got down to the last couple of three techs that I really like. And Iberflus, I just look at what he's done in the past. He likes bigger, more explosive three techs. And to me, the two guys that stand out to me is uh, 
is Hargraves and David Anyamata. And I gave Anyamata the uh the leg up when I got done watching tape. I think he's more powerful and more explosive than uh probably a little twitchier than uh than uh Javon Hargrave to me. So I liked him better. Hmm. What do you think, uh, Danny Shimon? Yeah, in, t- in terms of in terms of Animata, that that's a good that's a good guy to to bring up there, Nomad. He's he's a guy that's very underrated on that Saints defensive front. A guy that always you know brings that physicality up front. Um, another guy that's thirty years old. Uh, so so, but if you ask me to, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna between the two thirty year olds, I, I think I would go with Hargraves because he gives you a little bit more in terms of a pass rush. Uh, but again, you know, the guy that I'm earmarking, you know, for for the Bears to go out and get is, is this Draymond Jones kid from from Denver, uh, former Ohio State third round pick, uh, really developed nicely. Um, you know, with with under Vic Fangio, he was playing more of that five technique. Um, you know, they, they moved him, kicked him inside last year, and I think he's he's a guy that shows potential to be that that future three technique. But you know, if you want to double up and, and get a Animata and a Draymond Jones or uh, or Draymond Jones and a Hardgrave, you know, I would not balk at that because I said, you know, we need to get we need to get that defensive line fig, you know figured out quickly. And, and guys, we we keep forgetting about the, the edge rushers. I mean, this team was led in sacks by its rookie safety. I mean, that that's how poor the, this team was in terms of, of sacks. So you know, edge rusher is something that really really needs to need to look at. And and again, at number nine, you know, if, if a Tyree Wilson is gone. You know, I, I think my next, you know, pure you know, pass rusher, uh, I'm assuming Anderson will be gone as well. My next pure pass rusher is going to be a guy like a, like a Will McDonald, you know, the, the kid Zuma from, from Kansas State. But these are guys that, that are not going to be number nine. So, again, you know, you have to kind of play the, you know, see what's going to happen there in terms of how you're going to generate a pass rush. Obviously, interior defensive line is important, but also edge guys are important as well. So uh, that, that's something that I'm, I'm curious to see how the Bears attack as well because you cannot have – I, I never, I never, I don't think I've ever seen a, a team where their their safety let them in sacks, and that that's something that mm-hmm. I, I don't think I ever recall ever seeing that before. And that's what happened last year with the Bears, which is which is which is pretty pitiful. So, you know, the, the, that's what I'm saying. Defensive line, you got to attack it, uh, interior and and on the edge as well. So, um, you know, that's something we could keep in mind too with with that number nine pick is is you know maybe maybe an edge rusher there. Um, you know, the guys that we're talking about in terms of when we do our our mock drafts here, we we don't see any good big edge rushers there so maybe maybe they they like someone that we don't know about or maybe they just trade down and, and get more picks and then get someone in the middle of the first round so but yeah that defensive line is something that, that you could and on and david Onyata is is a guy that you can bring in zach allen uh from from the um eagle up from the uh, cardinals is a guy that, that developed as well a five technique but he'll probably play more of a base defensive end not a big pass rushing guy but a guy can give you probably six seven sacks and be a nice you know stout you know edge setter on defense as well so you know, these are names to keep to keep an eye on here as well in terms of free agency. Can, can Danny, I, oh, just really quick, man. Danny, go ahead. Danny's over there making a damn good point. But after studying so much Will McDonald's film, so much of it, and then looking at Will Anderson, I look at Will McDonald, and I don't know if I've seen in a long time a guy with such a complete package of moves. A college. Oh, I, I love McDonald. Uh, you can uh, – <laughs> Aldo can attest to that. Yeah, uh, the guy I compared him to, Nomad, was was remember Harold Landry when he came out of BC. That's he went to one. Tennessee, and and that that first step quickness, the the bend, the, the ability to get per- perpendicular to the ground, that's what Will McDonald has. And you know, uh, Landry doesn't have the long arms of McDonald. McDonald has thirty four plus inch arm length, and I think just the you know the fact that he stayed all five years at Iowa State really surprises me. Um, you know, my only thing with McDonald, obviously, he came in at, at 239, and I just don't know if he's a, a guy you could, you could, you know, legitimately put at defensive end with, as a hand in the ground and, and expect him to be a, 
you know, a run defender. So we'll see how they use him. But you, you bring him in as, as a situational pass rusher early on and, and then get him bigger. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, I, I absolutely love Will McDonald. The Azuma kid from Kansas State has a similar burst off the edge as well. So, you know, uh, it, these are there are some some intriguing pass rushers, you know, if you could pass that, you know, that middle half of that first round. So um, definitely something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, we, you know, getting pass rush both in the interior and on the outside is, is, is paramount for the Bears. Nomad, you had any other thoughts on Will McDonald? I I I I grade him in the top handful of guys that I think overall athletes and just position just as good as anybody in the draft is probably him, Trenton Simpson, maybe a couple other guys down there. I mean, but he's he's different, man. I'm telling you, something about that guy is different. And it'd be it'd be foolish to not grab that guy because you you don't want to worry about what you hadn't seen him do. You just adjust your fronts. If the guy is that good in that town, that many ways to get to the quarterback, you adjust your fronts to him. And so I just I just think really highly of him. And, and I agree with you, you know, man. But the thing is, and that's the thing, one of the things with Anderson was, which I just didn't think it was a scheme fit here. And that's why I just had Wilson in, in terms of a higher rating overall, because I, I haven't seen nothing from this defensive coaching staff that tells me that they're going to get creative with, with guys like that, right, undersized guys. So that's the thing is like, and again, it's only one year, and it might not be fair to them, but you know, just knowing this this system and and how, you know, the 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 fact that it's that it's not complex, that it's so easy to learn and teach, is, is what makes it so much you know popular in, in the NFL because guys can just kind of like not think and just kind of react and use their athletic ability. I just don't then see them getting that exotic with using a guy like a you know Will McDonald two thirty nine or a you know a Will Anderson at two fifty as an edge rusher. But you know if they can do that. Hey man, I love Will McDonald. What if they end up grabbing a, a couple of guys in uh in free agency, like your your, your three down or two down uh, defensive ends, the heavier guys that they usually yeah, play like, with. like a Zach Allen, yeah, like the yeah. kid from Arizona. And then, and then you bring yeah. him in and supplement on your third down plays. Yeah. And Marcus Davenport is another guy that that yep. just can't stay stay on the football field, but he's another you know bigger edge guy. Doesn't give you much. I think when he had half a sack last year. So, you know, we'll see if you can get bring him in on a reasonable contract and, and get those, you know, guys up front, but and get creative. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see that. Just, just utilize, you know, put these players like McDonald and Azuma who are, who are undersized, put them in a position to, to where they can succeed and use their use them at their strengths. And that's just getting after the quarterback for sure. Uh, Mr. Shorty, I understand that you must attend to other business. I want to express my appreciation. Any final thoughts that you have before you leave? I just wanted to say, uh, you know, th this is a very exciting time. Um, the, they can still trade down from here and get another few picks in this draft. And from what we've seen in polls, I think there might be some more picks to be added to this. And you know, right now, if you look at it, DJ Moore, he's what the highest paid player on the team. He's the best player on the team. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but he he's he's automatically got the spot on the team. So this is exciting moving forward where, where they're going to go from here. And there's going to be a lot more news coming up that I know we're going to be talking about. And this is fun, guys. I had a great night. It's movie night with my wife and I now. So I want to thank you for having me on. And uh, you guys. What movie? Year, so. Yeah, what I movie? Don't know. I don't know. She's been picking it out while we're. But this has been impromptu, so I haven't even eaten dinner yet. So we're gonna—I'm gonna go uh, munch on some some 
some notches and watch a movie, whatever she picked. Don't talk about your sex life here, man. Go uh, <laughs> have, have, have a good time with your lovely wife, and uh, we'll see you very soon, brother. Yeah, enjoy, you guys man. had a great show. Thank you, you very much. Go okay. Bears. <laughs> hey, uh, guys, um, go ahead, uh, Danny. No, real quick. No, man. Have you watched Zach Harrison from Ohio State yet? Stiff as a board. He is, but man, he makes plays and, and, and his size and his length. You know, we talked about a guy maybe in that, you know, third round range could be a base defensive end. Maybe, you know, you know, a guy, can, you know, I saw him go up against, uh, I forgot which tech I was looking at. Um, I think, I think it was, I think it was the Maryland kid, Jalen Duncan. And he just, he schooled Duncan and, uh, you know, uh, swim move and, and, and just using that power, the speed to power ability, kind of walk him back. I just, that's a guy that really, the more I watch him, the, the more he sticks out to me. Again, guy probably, you know, day three or day two, may, maybe fourth round. I don't know. We'll see how he, how he, you know, came out. I know he had huge measurables in terms of length and all that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, you know, not, doesn't have the bend of a McDonald or an Azuma, but just like that, the more I watch, man, the, the more, I, the more he grows on me. He's solid. Again? Zach Harrison from Ohio State. Yeah, he's solid. I we did a uh, show. I don't know what that it was. A Bears over Bear their souls overtime or something. But I we uh, profiled some ends, a bunch of them. He, if you grab him, Zach, Zach Harrison and a DJ Johnson from uh, Oregon, who I wasn't intending on studying, he just popped up because Oregon has so many guys. They had a pre, uh, almost championship level. Uh, a recruiting class they brought in a couple years ago, and some of those guys are starting to mature. And DJ Johnson's one of them, a DN there. And as much as I like Zach Harrison, I'd probably take DJ Johnson before him. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't broken him down yet, but I've, I've heard about him. I've obviously know who he is, but I haven't broken him down yet. DJ Johnson, yeah, check yeah. him out, man. He, he's yeah. not bad. Yeah, we were just talking about edge guys and guys that can that can be a, probably good in terms of setting the edge and, and just you know might not be a double digit guys in terms of sacks, but just guys I kept watching him and he just kept schooling Duncan, uh, you know at first you know Ohio State versus Maryland. I'm like man, this guy just keeps growing and growing on me. So uh, again, just a guy to think about you know maybe third fourth round. We'll see how how it develops for him. But but yeah, definitely a, you know talking about defensive line right. Just continue to bring some of these talented guys on board here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twin one twenty nine wanted to know what we thought about uh, what's going on with David Montgomery. I'll throw that one to you, uh, Dan Aguirre. I know, you know, you've shared some thoughts in the past about David Montgomery, but we're all speculating here in terms of what could potentially be happening with his contract situation. What's your gut feel about David Montgomery? Is he going to be a Chicago Bear next season? I think he's gone. I like him. I, he runs hard and. I, I don't know what it is. I'm I'm not an expert at breaking down tape, but it seems like I don't know if it's if he's running flat footed early, but I don't know if it's his fault or the offensive line's fault. But it's just a a, a shout out to his toughness that seems like every time he touches the ball, he's gotta like get through two guys in the backfield as soon as he even makes his first move. And mm-hmm. and he's able to do that, but he has a lot of games where I guess the Bears don't utilize his ability to catch the ball, not any wheel routes or anything like that. And furthermore, not enough carries. There'll be a first half where he's got four carries or something. He he has a lot of games with like 39 yards and 53 yards and things like that. I'd like to see him more, you know, closer to 100. And that's even when Khalil Herbert was was injured for a four-game stretch. But then again, if your quarterback's running more uh, than your running back with more attempts, and, and that's part of it, but... 
Uh, as Nomad has pointed out numerous times, he, he doesn't have the breakaway speed that you would like. And if Josh Jacobs isn't available and, and Barkley's not available, that probably is good for him in terms of he's one of the top backs available. And maybe because of familiarity, the Bears bring him back, but my gut says no. My gut says he's gone. Anybody else think that uh, he's gone or, or could stay? I, I think it's. I think it could stay. Um, I, I don't think the market's going to be that. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But I don't think the market's going to be that robust for Montgomery. I think he's he's a guy that we know that polls and, and the coaching staff likes him. They uh, they value his leadership, and I, I think he's a guy that that could come back on, on a modest one or two year deal, uh, maybe a three year deal. Who knows? But uh, you know, if you're looking to add speed to that to that backfield. You know, it's it, he's not gonna give you that speed. He'll just give you a solid, you know, pass protection. He'll give you a solid in between a tackle runner, runs hard, runs tough. Um, but I, I just, you know, it depends on what they're looking for. They want to add more speed. I think they're gonna they're gonna move on. But you know, if they're like just looking to you know keep status quo and and bring it back on a modest deal, I, I think he can come back. And people have gotten hostile with me every time I say <laughs> it. I hate answering the question because. You know, I just listen to what they say, guys. I, I You guys think I'm just giving you my stuff I'm pulling out of my rectum. No, I'm listening to what they say. And I've heard them mention multiple times they want to be explosive at every level of the of field. And he doesn't answer that bell. I think they want pure explosion out of, out of these running backs. And I think they want to go two and three deep to be able to do it. And I don't see David Robin, I mean, David Montgomery as being that guy as much as I love him. I love that dude, man. His toughness. I go in the trenches with him in a minute out of most all the Bears on that team. But I just know, based on what I've heard them say, they are willing to let him walk to get more explosion in the backfield. I just that's what I believe based on what I've heard. So I got like uh, Jameer Gibbs would be, a, a, I think, a, a nice add for the Bears if they can get him again somehow in that second round. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Back to the defensive line, B minor says, would you give Clowney oh. a prove it deal? <laughs> Danny, Danny said, oh. as soon as I said, he was already nodding. I'm not, no. I'm not scared of him. I like him. I mean, he's not going to be your every, your every down defensive end, but when he's right, he's right. You put him on a pitch count, he's really good because he, he, he's not playing down in and down out. So, I mean, talent wise, F yeah, he's a fit. But, you know, some of the stuff that comes along with uh, Davion Clowney is age. You can have that. But talent-wise, you can't deny it. Nah, he, he doesn't produce for me, Nomad. He, he doesn't produce. And he talks a lot. And I think he thinks he's better than anybody is. And, and I think it just started when he was back at, you know, in college where he made that big hit against the Michigan running back. And, and that's, that's been it, really. And he had a, what, a couple, couple of good seasons with maybe with the Texans is about it. Um, you know, he hasn't really done anything. And, and I think he's just a guy that, that just got a, he's got a big name, but no production. And, and, and then I think last year with, with him talking about Miles Garrett, you know, uh, with, with Cleveland, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I think I'll pass on him. Okay. I'll grant you that one, but here, here's a scenario. And I'm, I'm only bringing this up Danny, because it's, uh, something that I noticed about the, uh, Cleveland organization. It looks like a tear down there too. And, um, yeah. if, if, uh, Miles Garrett became available in a trade. Would you consider that? Oh, oh yes. yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I used an obscenity because I didn't even want to. Sorry, Danny. I know the question was to you, but if Miles Garrett is available, yeah. 
I would consider giving up that ninth pick in the draft straight up for Miles Garrett. They might want more, though. Yeah, but if that was the offer, yeah, I would be I tempted you. to make that trade straight up. Yeah, Timon, what do you think? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, ninth pick overall for my. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Miles Garrett is is an absolute beast. But I get you know, how old is Miles Garrett, guys? Is he like in his twenties? I, I, is he up there? I, I don't know. Off he is twenty seven years old uh, and seventy eight days. So he, he's, he's in that. He's in that. And again, another big contract guy. So. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I, I, I don't know, but number nine might might be just I, I, I hate giving up draft picks, and even though you're getting a great player back in Clowney, I, I mean, I'm not saying Clowney, but uh, Miles Garrett, um, man, that, that'd be hard. But he would be, you know, your, your best pass rusher day one, no, no doubt about it. And, I, and ask I Justin about him. His first start. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. The, the contract situation yeah, we, was. We should, we should probably tell Matt Nagy not to use, you know, Cole Komet one on one versus uh, Miles Garrett. There you go. Would you, you mean, get a, would you give up a high two and a future for him? Yes. Okay. Hell yeah. The 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 contract situation with Garrett is interesting because there is a potential out that the Browns have uh before it really I mean it's going to kick into the 20 million dollar per year situation for him. So if he were to be traded to the Chicago Bears, I'm sure the Bears would want to negotiate a deal with him first so that they could accommodate the $50 million Justin Fields is going to make in 2025 because that's really what the quarterback market is starting to look like uh, in the next two or three years. How about this one, Aldo? Terrifying. Since Cleveland Cleveland gave up so many picks to get Watson, right? So mm-hmm. what if we would say, okay, we'll give you one of our twos or, or two first-round picks next year, one of those first-round picks straight up for Garrett then? And then that's a risk because you don't know – it, are the Bears going to be good? Are they going to be bad? So Cleveland, it's sort of a risk for Cleveland to know uh, where that pick is going to fall. But hypothetically, maybe you dangle a first-round pick, next year's first-round pick straight up for him then. No, How about that? You keep your ninth I don't think I get that one all the way. What did you say, Dan? I was saying keep your ninth pick this season, right? But Cleveland's still without a lot of first-round picks because they traded, what, three to get Watson? So offer – one of your first round picks in the 2024 draft, because you have two first rounders now, offer them one of those two straight up for Garrett. But it's, a, I said, it was a little bit of a risk for the Browns because you don't know where the Bears are going to be. Are they going to be good? They're going to be bad. Where's that pick going to be? But still, it, it, keep your, your ninth pick this season and offer them one of the two first rounders next year for Garrett. Mm. And that scenario, I mean, I'd be honest with you, because both those picks next year could be in the top 10. I would hate to do that, you know. So, the bird in the hand. I mean, but though, here's a question that no one's no one's talking about. You know, Khalil Mack's probably going to get cut by the Chargers. You know, how do you guys feel about bringing back Khalil Mack as as a defensive end here? Khalil Mack's done. I I don't think he's done, but I think Leonard Floyd might be a better fit under given the circumstances as far as as the financial reasons. I think you can get. I love Khalil Mack, man. I would not be mad if he came back here, but the more realistic one is probably a guy that. He's got the traits that Eberflus would like. He's long, he's lean, he's fast. And uh, Leonard Floyd, maybe he can come back and redeem himself. He's a much more mature, much more savvy uh, edge rusher. Now he finishes and gets around the corner better. And, you know, he just he doesn't overrun everything like he used to do when he was here. He's he always played well against Green Bay, though. 
Yeah, he did. He did. But the, well, the one thing about Ford production, he was the ninth pick in the draft. Since that's the one yeah. we have now, he was the ninth pick when we took him yeah. that year. But go ahead, Danny. Sorry. No, I'm saying the one thing about but Floyd that, that gives me pause. And you're right, no matter. He, he's been, you know, I think he had nine, nine. I think he had ten half sacks his first year, nine the last two years, uh, and uh, respectively with with the Rams. But the one thing is 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 how much of his production is based off of Aaron Donald gobbling up all those blockers in, in the inside. So, um, I don't know. It, it's it's just a, it's 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 a Brian you know, pace pick that, that was bad. I just hate to bring that back here. So I just thought of Mac just because I, because, you know, obviously Mac, you know, he might, he's not the player he was uh, obviously before, but uh, he's a guy that, that wasn't made all pro teams as both a defensive end in a four, three system and a, as a three, four outside linebacker. So just a fun thought, you know, if, if you want to go get someone from the, you know, like a veteran, but again, he's probably looking for a team that's kind of more, you know, more ready to contend as opposed to coming here too. So, Mm-hmm. I just just curious. We got it. We got to get some sacks on this on this defensive line. I'm just trying to find ways that we can improve some some way. Is it a foregone conclusion that the Chargers are going to cut him though? Nope. Is that a, no, is that unequivocal? It's they not may try to still trade him. They they could trade him. They they could yeah they could keep him. Uh, it's it just it's just you know rumors like there, there was the rumors that they're going to trade or cut Keenan Allen and just end up restructuring him and and uh, saving some money on the cap. Now next year they, they might cut Keenan Allen because I think his his cap hit for next year is like thirty million dollars, something like that. So, God. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we'll see what what happens. But uh, just a, just a thought there. Right, well, what's the name? Is Floyd is on the market? That's a given. He's out there. Yeah, he's yeah. been cut. Yep. He's been cut, or they're trying to trade him. No, Maybe Leonard Floyd's been cut. He was cut today. Oh wow! Jeez, that's now. It, it, does he? Did he ever play a four three? Because it was three four his entire career, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it was three four yeah. with the Bears. Yeah, yeah. With, the, not, with the Rams, they, they did more of like a like a hybrid look. I mean, there was times where yeah. he had his hand in the ground, but a lot of times I saw him, he was standing up in a two point stand. So, mm-hmm. you know. he can All bring right. it. Man. He can still bring it. I mean, like Danny said, there's. I looked at a tape today just because I figured people might want to talk about that, just to see the last couple of years in uh, L.A. And it's a mix between him standing, edge rushing, and in the dirt, and he was effective each way. And you could just tell how much seasoning he's he's got on himself now versus to how how he was here. He ran he overran the place so many times when he was here. He's just mm-hmm. much much more sound at the things that he does well than as opposed to when he was here. Mm-hmm. Chase Anders says Floyd had nine sacks in twenty twenty two. Mac had eight. I take Floyd. Mac again got off to a fast start. Had three in the he- first game. And I told you, <laughs> I told you, rewind the tape. When he had three in week one, I said he still won't get ten. You're right. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> You're absolutely right. He's a great player, but he, his body has taken so much abuse that you can't count on him for a 17 game regular season. And if you make it the playoffs, he won't be there. So, uh, Khalil Mack. He's had three playoff games without a statistic. Yeah. I mean, without a stat, without a tackle, without a sack. One with mm-hmm. the Raiders against Houston the Bears against Philly, and the Bears against New Orleans. Now, he had a decent playoff game against Jacksonville this season with the Chargers. Had a sack, I think. But he's had three playoff games in his perceived prime, especially with the Raiders, where he gets just shut down. Could you imagine if – even when Detroit – we always go back to Jordan, but even if Detroit was like, okay, we're going to shut down Jordan, we're going to be rough on Jordan, it's not like Jordan wasn't still getting 25, 30 points. But, you know, they were able to beat him up enough to win. But it's not like they shut him down and he had six points. 
You know what I mean? Like Mac gets yeah. shut out of big games consistently, even when he was young. Mm-hmm. So why yeah. would you bring him back old? I mean, I just don't see it, guys. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and he may be a great guy and all that stuff. I'm not taking away from that. But I don't know why you'd bring him back unless he's some team-friendly deal. I should I should play that on I can go to a game with Dan Aguirre and play that sound bite right there while he's walking around with all those fifty-two jerseys in the stadium. What's the same thing with Erlacher? He's one of those players that people just immediately think, oh, he's great. But they, mm-hmm. they don't look inside the numbers. Like Erlacher had a great 2001, a great 2005, a great 2006. I mean, he had a lot of uh, okay years other than that. There was one point in his career he was named the most overrated player in the fucking league by Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated by the other players. Mm-hmm. People forget these kind of things because they just love him and they love Mac. And I, I don't understand it. And they just hated Cutler, for example. So what There's if he some players in, you like, some people you don't like. What if he was willing to come in under a $10, $10 million contract? But would he? Yeah, if he really wanted to come back here and finish his career, he doesn't want I to mean, come back here and finish. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I doubt it. He, I think he wants to come back to Chicago as, as much as Dan wants him to come back to Chicago. I, I, <laughs> I don't dislike him. I just I'm trying to like. You're from, you're talking about production. I'm arguing like in the mo the biggest moments. He gets shut down. And the point that you always made that was so sneaky good is that most of his statistics always come against an, a team's backup when their veteran is injured and the guy's making his first start or or what have you. That's when he eats those people up. But when he's against a Pro Bowl lineman, he is shut down. I'm talking when he's 27, he is shut down when he's against someone that's great. It happens all the time, man. It's happened his whole career. Notorious uh, TBG just asked me something. I'm sorry, Aldo. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What What did he ask you? He asked me if I would. Uh, who am I taking between uh, Miles Murphy and B. John at nine? I'm damn sure not taking B. John. It's that's Miles Murphy all day. I'm not messing with B. John until a second, third round. I'm just not, man. I, I, I. What you guys see in B. John after I studied the tape and knowing what I know about running back, he, he's he's a lot like. David Montgomery in a sense that he he depends on that 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 stutter move and in the NFL you're not going to be able to get away with a whole lot of that he, he he jukes too much and you're not going to be able to get away with a whole lot of that in the NFL is pretty much one cut and you need to get your ass north south and he's a lot of east and west and trying to juke people around trying to duck tackles and I think that doesn't bode well for the NFL speed and so that's the only reason I'm, why I'm not so high on B. John Robinson and more high on some other guys out there. All right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap things up here and take a, a few more questions. Let's see, what do I got here? Um, where do you guys see us getting a linebacker, free agency or a draft? And where'd you move Sanborn to the will position if you can find a better fit at Mike? Go ahead, Danny Shimon. Well, I mean, for for me, I like I, like I see all these you know Bobby Okarike you know uh, rumors and 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 you know fits here with the Bears and and I know he he played with you know under Eberflus with the Colts and you know, but but he's he's just just a guy for me and and to pay him twelve you know fourteen whatever it's going to cost a million to to bring him in I think it's it's a waste I, I would just kind of 
you know, I, I like Sam Warren at, at the, in the middle. Uh, I, I would I would try and see if there's someone you can get, you know, in, in the in the draft, preferably. Um, you know, I, if if not, just I, I bring back the, the kid Morrow from from last year, and and with the, with an improved defensive front, defensive line, I, I think both Sam Warren and, and Morrow would have a opportunity to make more plays. Obviously, knowing that that Morrow is, is going to be a stopgap guy, maybe one year veteran. Uh, you know, until you find someone, you know, as a permanent replacement. But yeah, I mean, right now for me, you know, I've, I've been saying this for a couple of years now. If your offensive or defensive lines suck, your team sucks. So until they, the Bears fix both lines, it's it's hard for me to to, to kind of look at investing a lot of you know draft capital or or money in, in, in positions like that. But especially if you have guys that can be you know sufficient enough in terms of the, in, in their current current role so i definitely would try you know i wouldn't pay a lot of money for a free agent if you can get a guy on, on, a, on a you know like a one-year you know prove a deal a veteran uh definitely would look into that for sure but to commit long-term money for for a guy like ogarike or anything like that you know a big bucks i, I just i don't want to do that i was just trying to get a veteran stopgap if not bring back moro and then, and then find, find a kid in, in the draft no matter you got a thought on that yeah really quick and i'll answer this in the way that I've seen Eberflus's history, he's he's a former linebackers coach, mm-hmm. and so his history with being a defensive coordinator is he's drafted his linebackers, mm-hmm. whether it be undrafted guys or, you know, he, he, I didn't I hadn't I hadn't seen a record of him bringing in a free agent linebacker. Mm-hmm. However, with his history with Bobby Okariki, is it plausible? I think so. It just depends on how much money he's asking for, but I think he likes to uh, draft his guys. I think he's a he's a really good linebacker uh, evaluator. He's the guys that he's gotten over in India are outstanding, and so I trust his eye in the draft. As far as uh, a Jack Sanborn goes, I, I think you want a, a lot more athletic will. The difference in in what a will does in our defense versus another is most of the time the will is lined up over the ball. And that that he might come off the ball after the ball is snapped. So you you're gonna you're gonna cover a lot of space. I like Jack Sanborn going downhill, playing a Sam. You can leave him at the mic, that's fine. But I like that guy going downhill as opposed to being in space and really, really covering field. Um Danny, what do you think about Tremaine Edmonds? I mean, he this guy came out of college everybody thought he was going to be the second coming and he had a slow start to his professional career but he's proven that as he's i think he's 25 because he was so young when he came out mm-hmm. he's 24 or 25 uh, this guy could be a really productive linebacker in this scheme do you agree with that yeah i mean he, he plays in a 4-3 scheme now uh with, with sean mcdermott over in buffalo came out in the same draft with with roquan i think you know that, that was always the talk between him and roquan and i always like roquan better you know, big rangy, you know, line, middle linebacker, outside linebacker. Um, again, you're, you're going to be paying a lot of money for, for, for a linebacker. Uh, and I just, I just, unless I know what's going on up front, unless that up front is, 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 is taken care of, I, I, I just can't put a lot of money into a linebacker right now. So, um, you know, so I mean, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a nice, you know, a nice combo, but again, you, you were talking about guys going to ask about 15 million a year. And, and I don't know if I want to pay that right now for, for a linebacker, especially an off the ball linebacker. So, and until my defensive line and, and is fixed, I just I just can't do that. And in terms of you know, you no know, man makes a good point. In terms of their the Bears, the Bears play I think what was it seventy percent of the snaps or almost eighty percent in, in the nickel defense. So, mm-hmm. you know that 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 two linebackers they didn't have the traditional middle weak and, and strong side. 
you know, so it's so a lot of times, you know, that extra DB, DB was in there. So, you know, you, you need linebackers that, that can, you know, uh, have the instincts to be able to find the ball post snap and be able to, you know, find those gaps and those lanes and run down and, and make plays. And, you know, I think, I think Sam Brunson surprised a lot of us last year. So you're, you're really looking for a linebacker that's going to be, you know, playing next to Sanborn most likely. And I just, I just don't see paying that much money right now for a free agent. I just rather, you know, good point with, with again, Nomad, you know, Iberflus uh, is a linebacker coach. Uh, that, that, that's what he was a linebacker in college. He, you know, came through the ranks as a linebacker coach. And I think he's that guy that, that can probably find one in, in the draft and help develop him. So, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't pay that much money for a linebacker unless my defensive front is, is, is taken care of. Hey, guys, before we get out of here, I want to do a quick little experiment. Um, so I turned down Pro Football Focus in their mock draft simulator. They've already made the adjustment that the Bears are drafting at the number nine position. So I'm going to – there is one trade offer, um, and it is from Era – what was it from? It's from the Bengals, and they hold the 28th pick of the first round. So that's an obvious no. So we're going to draft the player. Uh, just to go through this real quick, let me go this full frame on this. Oh, yeah, there, there you go. Um, just to go through who has been picked already, it's uh, Bryce Young going first to the Panthers, C.J. Stroud to the Texans, Will Anderson to the Cardinals, Anthony Richardson to the Colts, Jalen Carter to the Seahawks, Tyree Wilson to the Lions, Will Levis to the Raiders, and Christian Gonzalez to the eighth. So that leaves on the board – Cornerback uh, Devin Witherspoon, wide receiver Quinton Johnston, the wide receiver from Ohio State, JSN, Peter Skaronsky, the tackle they have him listed, but we know he's going to be playing guard. Kalisha Cansey, the short armed interior defensive lineman, Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama, Lucas Van Ness. Joey Porter, Dalton Kincaid, Deontay Banks, Paris Johnson Jr., Byron Brisset, Nolan Smith, the speedy, speedy edge rusher from Georgia. So um, any names there pop out at you guys that you would say, all right, let's uh, let's make this pick or, or I don't know, call a psychiatrist. Let Danny bite that apple first. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm for, for me – I mean, for me, it'd be between uh, from this list here. Obviously, Broderick uh, Jones still there too. The kid from Georgia, the tackle yes, from Georgia, he should be because I didn't see him selected. So they've got yeah. him down so here. Between, between those two guys, for me, um, I, I, the other guy I'd consider would be Jackson Smith and Jigba. But again, that that's a that's a receiver. Could that be you know too high for a receiver that that you know that caliber? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, for me, it would be either Broderick Jones or um, Paris Johnson. The um, the tackles from from uh, from Ohio State. So one of those two guys would be my pick. Yeah, I would agree with that. What do you think, uh, Nomad? Uh, before I answer this question, let me tell you why I would pick this person. It's because yeah. I've literally seen him play at every level of the defense effectively and be a playmaker at slot corner, at off-ball linebacker, as a matter of fact, on-ball linebacker, and he's played safety effectively and made plays in those positions, and that's a wild card. That kind of guy you can't pass up on to me. He's the most talented guy in the draft, and that's Trenton Simpson. Mm, interesting. So I I, I could and see that. On. Although I'm, I'm going to assume we did a whole bunch of free agency signings and, and shored up some positions so we can just get the best player available. So that's mm -hmm. where I'm coming from. I, I'm with that. I'm with you on there. Uh, Dan Aguirre, you care to uh, uh, make a selection here? I, I, you know me. I want to go offensive line. 
because I, I still think Justin is going to be so much better if the line is better. Mm-hmm. And I think Justin's solid now. Again, he needs to get better passing the ball. I concur. But it, you sure up that offensive line, I think he's going to be the, the baller that I keep telling you that I think he is. Yeah. Well, there is a lot more to contemplate discuss debate and we're going to be doing that over the next several weeks with our vast array of shows and we're loaded this weekend greg gabriel who uh on twitter about 90 minutes or so before the trade was announced saying i'm hearing something uh really big and if it happens it's going to be great and so he knew about this trade 90 minutes before it was announced by adam schefter and ian rapaport so i'm going to Try to get him to name his source. No, I'm not, I won't do that to the guy. But we're going to talk about his insider information and a lot more and a special uh, Gabriel Talks Football tomorrow. And then the Barfly Tailgate guys are back Sunday morning. They're going to discuss this trade and a lot more regarding free agency. There's so much to talk about. This is a great time of the year. And I'm so happy we have so many participants on our live chat feed. Uh, this show will be available for uh, consumption on demand here on our YouTube channel. Let's go around the horn and get uh, some shout outs or goodbyes. Uh, Danny, I'll start with you. No, I mean, just uh, it was fun, uh, fun, uh, you know, getting together uh, with, with Nomad and, and, and Dan and, and you, Aldo, and, and, and Shorty as well. So uh, just, you know, like I said, this was going to be an off season that that was going to have a lot of surprises, a lot, a lot, a lot of, you know, goods and positives and negatives. And so far, you know, as the, the, the first big shooter drop here was, was trading that first round pick. Now let's see what happens in free agency. Uh, definitely looking forward to that, uh, you know, start of next week. So um, again, just uh, my thing is, is I'm looking for the bears to attack that defense and offensive line um, and, and just show up those two lines. And once you show up those two lines, then you can start talking about a, a team that's being built the right way. Indeed. No man, what you got for me? I just want to say thanks to you guys on the show, all you guys. And this is, Danny and I first first time cross producing putting out content. I think it was great, man. I enjoy working with you. Certainly, that was, it was a it was a good show in my eyes and our hardcore fans in the chat. Man, you know I love you guys and just I just peace and love to everybody, man. And look forward to putting out more content moving forward. Hopefully, we get a lot more news coming and we have a lot more reason to put out uh, content. And so, I'm always excited to do it. So, thank you guys. Last. I want to invite you on to draft on tap, no matter. We can we can have a you know a couple of a couple of debates going back and forth with some of these players, especially as we get close to the draft here. Appreciate that, man. I would love to do it. Yep. All right, I love it too. Debates between No Man and Danny Shimon on Draft on Tap. Well, maybe we'll do the bear debate with you two guys. Bring that show back. I've been thinking about doing that. Uh, Dan Aguirre, last but not least, what do you got for me, man? Well, as you know, I mean, this sounds stupid to some people. My cat surgery is Monday, so I'm a little anxious over that, a little worried over that. So I appreciate this opportunity tonight uh, to distract me for two hours from that 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 stress and just to be talking bears, man. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a draft expert. Danny does that tremendously. I'm not blowing smoke. Uh, he does that great, and it's it was fun to be on the show with him and uh, good to meet him last year. And always good to be with Nomad and Dan and, and yourself. So, um, yeah, it was it was fun, man. Like I said, I'm not the draft guy, but it's still, to me, to talk just about fields and, and, and the, the, the history and any of that stuff, I, I'm willing to do that all the time, as you know. So mm-hmm. uh, to, and to make it concise, I appreciate you ha- having me on. Well, we love you, Dan Aguirre. Hey, uh, 
your friend Rebecca is in the chat room. She said it was a good show. So she's a good lady. That. Awkward silence. <laughs> Sorry. No, say, this is big. a good lady. I didn't say. How big is it? She's well, six feet tall. <laughs> Whoa. I'll say that. For, I'll say that for Tuesday. I will mess with that. <laughs> All right, everybody. I will just say, like I said before, we got more programming coming up this weekend. And of course, a full slate of stuff baseball, basketball, uh, hockey, and more football throughout the week. So, the best way to stay on top of stuff is to subscribe to the Barroom Network here on your YouTube channel and also to our podcast outlets. You can find us on iTunes. Apple, Spotify, you know it, you name it, we're there. I will say goodbye, everybody. And again, thank you for all the donations in the chat room. That really means a lot to us. And we will see you soon. I wish I could find my goddamn closing because I'm stalling. Oh, there it is. Got so many videos loaded up here. Take care, everybody.